Seth, and welcome to episode 92 of the Game Sharks podcast, where we talk about our favorite thing in the world, the Sharkies 2021 game of the year. I'm so excited. I've been looking forward to this for so long. Joining me this week. About a year, in fact. About a year. Joining me this week is Andrew. Hello. Derek. Hello. Adam. Howdy. And Tikon. This is the full main Game Sharks crew we got here, and we are going to be discussing and figuring out our Game of the Year 2021 nominations. We have uh, mostly the same categories as last year, a couple new categories that we're going to do. So we all kind of thought about it. We're aware of what the categories are. We're coming in with things we want to nominate. We're going to whittle it down until we have five nominations, then... Once that is all done, we will end this episode. We will go and cast our votes, and we will uh, come up with our winners and do an episode in the next week or so announcing all of the winners of the Sharkies 2021. Uh, All right, gentlemen, you want to just get right into this? Do it. Let's do it. All right. Uh, Some general rules. There uh, can only be five nominees. Per category, no exceptions. Except for best use of shark this year. (laughs) Yeah, we struggled to think of uh, games that use sharks. So uh, it's not it's not that we struggled to think of it; it's that no games use sharks. Or just didn't pay attention enough for it. (laughs) I guess Uh, enough. Remasters and re-releases are not eligibles uh, unless well, we have a remaster category. Uh, one of, it has to have been released in 2021. We have, I've been listening to a bunch of podcasts and shit where it's like, Fortnite is my game of the year for 2021. It's like, go fuck yourself. That's not the point of this. Uh, so yeah. It's a shit game anyway. Fortnite's a good game. I just hate it. Uh, and, uh, at least one of us had to have played it in order for it to be eligible. Fortnite has the second best Spider-Man swinging mechanics in video games. And number one is Halo. Which is crazy. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) All right. Let's start at the bottom here, gentlemen. One of the new categories, best boss fight. This is the fight or encounter that offers the best combination of challenge, clever design, and narrative weight. Uh, Seeing how we have five people this year instead of four, I think it could be nice for us just to kind of each chime up, represent one thing, and then go from there and see if uh, people think there's something that's missing, whatnot, want to fight against something, fight for something. But I think it's easiest just for everyone to kind of go around the horn and say one thing to start. So uh, All right. I guess we'll start. Let's start with uh, Andrew on this one. Andrew, you played a lot of games that other the rest of us didn't play. So okay, I think so you, might you have don't. Some... So you don't want me to say the the Metroid Final Boss? Uh, I'll say a different one. Say a different one because I think that's going to be at uh, least three of that's... ours. <laughs> yeah. I will, uh-huh. I well, hang on, hang on. Say... Should we just get out of the way and say the Final Boss? Metro- the Metroid's Final Wait, Boss is one hundred percent on this list. Uh, we are going to be talking about a good amount of spoilers for all of the games we're going to discuss. By the way, uh, yes. <laughs> if any of us personally don't want to hear spoilers, we could ask. To avoid them, Derek, I know you haven't quite finished Inscription yet, so if you don't want to hear about the very end of that game. Yeah. I also haven't beaten the Halo campaign yet. I'm probably like 75% of the way through. Uh, my my uh, roommate uh, just beat Halo, actually. Oh, really? Uh, well, don't worry. That's all, that's all I'm going to say. won't be on the list. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> we are going to be, be aware that most spoilers are on the table here. Anyways, oh. so that being said, Ravenbeak being the final boss of Metroid Dread absolutely needs to be on this list. It's actually yeah, it's the so only good. one that I personally had on like my list of ones to think of. 
it's just like the way that boss fight is structured and you've heard a million people say this before where it's you you start it you get the shit kicked out of you and you think there's no possible way i can ever win this fight and then you slowly get a little bit better and then by the end of it you could beat phase one without getting hit and you're like yes i'm so good and then it goes into phase two and you're like there's literally no way i will ever beat this phase of the fight uh and then a process for, it's just so well designed and so satisfying that by the end of it you can beat the whole thing without getting hit and and having full life you, you, you feel good it's so satisfying there's like you scaling as a player which is just such a satisfying thing i imagine that's a lot of what the dark soul games are that i've never played but yeah no that's pretty yeah accurate. yeah, yeah, yeah. You basically just perfectly describe dark souls <laughs> <laughs> all right andrew uh give us another one you want to nominate um i think the one other one than that that stood out the most to me was the uh chapter f- the returnal chapter four boss hyperion where, yeah okay so derek knows yeah yeah <laughs> it's 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 just this it's like the perfect concoction of that game's of that game's mechanics and the way like that the battle itself flows the way that the boss hit is designed and the way it uh, works hand in hand with the score in that moment is such a good thing that I really wish a lot of people actually got to since yeah. it's act two of that. Did, game. did you ever get to it, Jeff? No, I beat the first boss and then oh. I I went into the red desert and then I there's like this beacon that's like fight this uh, this crazy thing and I was like I'll do that and I died and I'm like uh I never played Returnal again after that. Uh, <laughs> uh, it it does the whole legend of zelda ocarina of time like going up ganon's the tower thing bat? Oh, no so you're like you're like running up the tower and the music's getting louder and louder and louder and louder and louder as you like get closer to where the boss is it's it was definitely like a reference to ocarina of time and yeah it's just very well made overall uh visually mechanically and uh, audio lee mm, yes audio <laughs> <laughs> mm. All right. Indeed. Well, I mean, I'd say put it on the list for now. Tentative Definitely. on the list. Yeah. So I think all of the ones we we over here are what well, as we go through each one of us, you can like put it on the list until it's disputed enough or whatever to remove it, just so that it's kind of all in the our headspace. All right. Tigon, got any big boss fights from this year that you liked? Uh, well, I mean, obviously, I was thinking Raven Beak. Um, it's okay if you don't. Yeah, I really don't, especially because I haven't beaten Halo yet. I imagine Halo was, would be on there because you know Derek said it's no. The game of, it's the game of the year. <laughs> <laughs> um, although playing it on Legendary is fucking bullshit. Um, I agree. Yeah, I don't really have anything else besides Ravenbeak. All right, Adam, that really sticks out. Adam, was there anything that you thought of? Uh, yeah, uh, I was gonna say Ravenbeak, of course, but uh, seeing as though that one is you know a queer unanimous choice, I'm gonna throw on the Heisenberg fight from Resident Evil Village. Oh, that's, oh. Really, that's a good one. Yeah, because okay, it's yeah. like he's he was the last of the four lords of the village that you fight, and you get to. Right around that tank thing that Chris gives you. Mm. I, I would forgot counter, about that. I would counter with Mother Miranda. Yeah, I would yeah. say Mother Miranda is a better boss fight than Heisenberg. I kind of felt like thematic. I kind of felt like them like the like 
Uh, like story wise, yeah, it was more important, but I had more fun with the Heisenberg fight. I think I'm, I'm I lean more towards uh, what Derek and Andrew are saying. I think the Mother Miranda fight was overall a more interesting fight. I just, I think, yeah, I think it why was. Why not throw them both on there? <laughs> well, we have uh, I have a few more potentially. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I think but, something from Resident Evil should be on there because those boss fights are always uh, pretty yeah, interesting. I, I agree with that, and I was. I haven't been able to meet beat Mother Miranda because every time I like tried that part, my game kept crashing. Oh, that's not fun. Yeah. Yeah, I think in this category, final bosses definitely have an overall advantage just because most of the time it is a culmination of the entire narrative up to that point. But specifically in this case, I think Mother Miranda is like a more challenging fight. It's mechanically intense. The, the moment is tense, you know, way more so than Heisenberg, which I will give you is uh, definitely much more cinematic. It's much more of a center of a, a set piece than Mother Miranda is. So it like it, the the Heisenberg fight feels grandiose, whereas I would say that Mother Miranda is maybe more of a mechanically interesting fight. Would you Fair consider enough. was it uh, Donna Beneviento? Is that her name? Would you consider the, that uh, all? Yeah, doll would you chick? consider that a boss fight? I mean, uh, it's. I mean, maybe you can like still a mini boss. It's, it's a I believe I did. Thing. I didn't like that section I of did the game say, at all. I think I I uh, prepared for this when I was thinking of this category. So I, specifically with the wording, the fight or encounter. Yeah. So okay. it, doesn't, it doesn't necessarily have to be a legitimate boss fight, quote unquote, or it, it can be like a like a just a. A narrative encounter yeah. in a story or something. So a I, would, I would maybe say, yeah, you know, uh, like, yeah, I wanted to bring it up. I don't know if it necessarily a grand challenge, if you will. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't think it's better than the Mother Miranda fight. So if we're gonna do anything yeah. from uh, Village, I think Mother Miranda is probably the best option. All right, yeah, I think you guys convinced me. There. Oh, I just thought of a new category: worst thing in any game. That fucking baby. <laughs> <laughs> the worst uh, thing in any right. game. Yeah. That one, that's a, we'll just give you that one right now, Tikon. Okay, <laughs> okay, can we put, thing. can we, can we put uh, the entire game of 12 minutes in there? Oh, don't worry, <laughs> we still have most disappointing game <laughs> as a category. We'll get there. Um, all right, uh, Derek, you got a boss fight you want to throw on here? Uh, I was thinking, like, Hyperion was going to be mine, or, uh, like, the fur like any basically any boss fight in Returnal is really good. Mm. Um, I had I had a hard time picking them. I think the final yeah. boss of Returnal is pretty great too. Yeah, uh, the final boss Ophion is really good. Uh, even the third the third boss is yeah. pretty good. Uh, the second boss, I did. Nemesis. They're all yeah, ne Nemesis. They're they're all very well constructed. Uh, but for me, I, definitely Hyperion was probably the top. Uh, now I'm trying to think of like what other games I played that had boss fights that yeah. were memorable. Uh, I think we I so Andrew and Derek both got to the end of Act One of Inscription when you uh what's his name Lesh Lesh Leshy Leshy when you get to like the final one of him and he's cycling between um yeah the, the wood the woodcarver and the yeah, Sorry, the fisherman. That, the... that was really good. It was really cool, and then he, he takes a picture of the moon. Yeah, yeah. 
I like that a lot. Yeah, I think that could easily be one of the best boss fights. Uh, there are some other okay. cool moments in that game, uh, but I don't think anything is as exciting as that because you, th- as the player, we're going to talk about inscription a lot through this whole thing, and it's like yeah. it's going to be this weird weaving of like deciding how much to reveal. Um, but yeah, like you think that's the end of the game, like if you don't know anything about the game. Uh, and it does a really good job of like being a big climactic battle. So I, I think, yeah. I think he could definitely be on there for sure. Uh, well, I think, I think one that should definitely be on this list is one that none of you guys have played, which is the final boss of cyber shadow. It okay. does the exact, it has the exact same cycle as Ravenbeak in terms of your, uh, individual progression of figuring out how to beat the boss fight. It has multiple phases, same as Metroid. It The last phase kicked my ass for a while, but I eventually got it to a point where I was doing the first two phases perfectly. Mm. And then the third phase is even a puzzle where you are like, okay, what do I need to do? There are steps to this. And then once you finally beat it, it's so gratifying. So, All right. How do you think it compares to uh, the Metroid fight, considering it it seems in, like to have an, an I, way. so it has an identical arc of like learning and mastering. Does it feel as good? Does the mechanics match up to what Metroid is doing? Is it using as many like abilities and whatnot? Because uh, they're like the same exact yes, format, is, you, should they both be on there? So I would say yes, because they're doing different things. It's equivalent to Metroid's uh, use of like the. How do I describe this? So Cyber Shadows Fight uses a lot more environmental elements. So there are these like like these like orbs or something placed around the fight that you need to interact with and they do different things that you need to use in a specific order. Uh and whereas Metroid makes you use full use of just the pure mechanics of it, whereas uh, Cyber Shadow also incorporates its mechanics through the first two phases, where that's very standard, like, okay swing you know because it's a it's a um a ninja gaiden clone so it's like okay swing your sword do your jumps dodge the guy hmm. and then the third phase is like all right we're gonna throw something completely new at you and you're gonna have to figure it out okay but i i not to get too into which one i think is necessarily better but i would say that Met- the metroid would also outweigh it narratively because it is not only the culmination of that game but of five metroid games entirely gotcha okay um so with we have five there. I personally don't. I can't think of anything. Like I'm looking at some of my favorite games of the year. Like I don't think Deathloop had any one particular boss. Didn't really even have bosses. Yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of like all of the the visionaries just were included as just like. So hear me out. Oh boy. On this one, <laughs> would you consider uh, encounters with Juliana? And because I feel like those could be were like could be fun and interesting, and I definitely had a, a few encounters uh, with like with a Juliana that like just kind of like shook up my run and like, but were super satisfying when I like got out with the kill. I think mm-hmm. it like I thought they re- they did the invading mechanic pretty well in in Deathloop. But I have no say on this because I immediately shut that off because I didn't want a real person in my single player game. <laughs> yeah, so, that, no, that's, yeah, I, I that's also fair. didn't do I, that. I can't see it getting, for me at least. I actually, yeah, I say I think 
of the five, it would it wouldn't be above any of these, especially with the way Andrew was talking about the final boss, uh, final boss of Cyber Shadow. So yeah. Which I'm, is on I'm Game pretty Pass good. Now. You guys should all play it. Uh, did anyone else play any of Psychonauts two? I played like maybe a third of it. Yeah, I I beat it, and I don't know. Not, like the boss battles are fun, but they're not like I can't even remember insane. There's the level design is what is in, amazing in that game. Yeah, and the only other thing say. that I I would want to bring up is uh, Ratchet and Clank. Are there any boss fights that anyone is like super memorable from Ratchet and Clank? Like uh, the evil. I don't remember any of their names. Emperor Nefarious. <laughs> yeah. Emperor. Yeah. No. Yeah, I would say no, because like. Nothing. This just like shoot, shoot at the thing, shoot at the thing till the next cutscene happens, and then shoot at the thing again. Like there's not, they're not like mechanically built well. They're more more, like it's more visually cool, but you got you leveled up all these guns. Now it's time to sink all of your ammo into this one guy. Yeah, (laughs) they're not like crazy good. Uh, it takes two. I I only played like the first two levels oh, of it. I forgot about those. Yeah, Andrew, you there played are some, all there of are it. some great boss fights in that game. Yeah, is there anyone that you can remember sticks out to you that you maybe were... maybe the first one with the hammer and the vacuums? Yeah, or no, where the like, hammer what... the hammer and nail one? Yeah, you're fighting a vacuum, and like yeah. you have to aim his own arm at it. Like I remember doing that one with Allison and having an absolute blast. Um, so yeah. I I could be willing to put him on there. But that's the only boss I actually remember from that game because I didn't play enough of it. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of up to you. I feel like every other one on here has a pretty strong representation with the exception of uh, the uh, Cyber Shadow one, which only you played. So I'll let you make that right. decision as being the person who kind of played both of them and experienced yeah. both boss fights. I mean, the only, the only other games that I would potentially toss into this ring are Death's Door and Chicory. Trickery I didn't personally finish, but from what I've seen, the boss fights are very creative and use really uh they make really well use of the game's mechanics and is very narratively impactful. Uh and Death's Door is is the the boss fights in that game are awesome too. The the final boss specifically is is really great. Um but I think out of all of those I would still probably give it to Progenitor from Cyber Shadow. Alright. Uh, I'm so. fine with that. Does anyone have any qualms yeah. with this as our list? Nah, this sounds good to me. All right, so we got Raven Beak from Metroid Dread, Hyperion from Returnal, Mother Miranda from Resident Evil Village, Leshy slash The Moon from Inscription, and Progenitor from Cyber Shadow. All right, we will move on to the next category, which is Best Sequel, the game that best iterates on the foundational concepts and or meaningful con- meaningfully continues the story of its predecessor. So uh, basically not the game that is the best that happens to be a sequel it's the best sequel that iterates on and is a continuation of its previous games yeah we did a whole episode about this yeah Um, so uh, i'll just come out with it psychonauts 2 is yeah like incredible i had that 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 i actually have five things uh whereas for best boss fight i only wrote one thing down i actually have five things written down here so uh, and that was one of mine too uh i never played psychonauts one hold on let's talk about psychonauts okay all right all right uh i never played the first psychonauts but i did a bunch of research on it and just the story of its development for psychonauts 2 it's kind of an incredible story in itself uh derek i'll let you go on about this because i think you did play the original psychonauts right yeah so actually i ended up playing it again right before psychonauts 2 came out um 
and yeah, I, I mean, there the Psychonauts two has or Psychonauts one has like its inc- moments, but it is dated. Uh, but like some of the levels, uh, the most well known being I think the Milkman conspiracy, um, are just like incredible and and like visually and mechanically really interesting, and it does like cool things. Uh, you know the overall gameplay is it's it's a simple platformer, but like I don't know the way you use your your abilities kind of you know matters. And then in two, they like not only added to what was already there, but created new abilities, kind of gave you some upgrades to like work with. And then level design went even wackier and crazier, and like I think one built off the story of one, like fleshing out. Raz as a character, and also this world that they like introduced to you. Like it completely fleshes out the world and fleshes out all these like really interesting characters they came up with. Uh, one being the the head of the Psychonauts. Uh, shit, what's his name? Cruller, Ford Cruller. Like he's kind of like this weird, mysterious guy in the first one, and then the second one they like really flesh out his character and like he, you know it's he's got this interesting backstory and it's yeah it, it's super good. They very well written. Very well made, and uh, like, just takes what happened in the first one and builds on it. Such in like, yeah, I don't know for a sequel that's been in development for like as long as it has been, they've really knocked it out of the park. Cool. Yeah, I'm all for that being on there. Uh, Andrew, you want you want to talk about a little game called Resident Evil Village? Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I I don't really feel like I need to elaborate much on it i was just saying i was just tossing the name out there yeah, i feel we, like you guys are much more uh passionate advic- w- w- yeah, would pass- you think that it is the, so like i haven't played okay. a lot of the resident evil games would you think that it's the best one well so i'm not saying it's the best resident evil game. Best i'm sequel. saying it's i'm saying it's a the, sequel to seven yeah i think i'm when saying you it's the best it resident a evil sequel game. to seven i know you you do jeff yeah. but when, yeah when you think of it as a sequel to seven it really Okay. If you consider, yeah, definitely, yeah. If you consider a sequel to all of the Resident Evil franchise, it hits all of the highs. All right, you different... slow your roll, <laughs> dude. It. All right, I'll stop. I mean, I'll stop here. We, I mean, but... all I'm saying, I'm not, I'm not like Is trying it technically to not though. What? Well, no, I'm not trying Isn't to. It technically, a sequel to all of them. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, saying, right. Like, it's the, all I'm saying, saying is that we should we should maybe limit the uh, the scale the in which gushing. we consider. No, we should limit the scale for this category. We should limit the scale in which we consider the game a sequel to something. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. But I'm like, saying this: why it works so well is it's taking the best parts out of the, the entire history of the Resident Evil franchise and putting it into a single game that makes it such a fun experience and that's why i think it's one of the best sequels of the year or one of the best sequels of all time is because of how it it focuses the entire resident evil franchise in a single game and it's really awesome yeah i i definitely agree with in both ways as a sequel to seven and as a sequel to the franchise yeah yeah Yeah, i think specifically as a sequel to seven i think it really enhances the game's core gunplay mechanics which is really important uh and even though it misses for me in some areas it the where it hits is such a like a robust iteration on seven's core ideas like the doll area for example yeah is like that is such a perfect like just a microcosm of 
what seven what made seven stand out to me so yeah for those reasons i think it deserves to be up there fully agree it's just a good game <laughs> uh do you want to talk about metroid dread also known yeah, as that's... metroid 5 yeah yeah, yeah that's true. gotta be no. on there yeah. even within its own story you realize throughout playing the game that it's actually connected to the entire overarching story since the original it does some cool things later on in its story that brings the whole arc of samus together in a way that was very satisfying yeah without getting too spoilery yeah uh we none of you played samus returns which was uh mercury steam's previous metroid game correct correct Mm -hmm. uh i did play that and i think that game was decent and Playing Metroid Jed, I think I finished it like the week before Metroid Jed came out, and it's seeing what they started in that and seeing how they expanded it and what it became with Dread. It was like their trial run, and I think as a sequel to the first Metroid game that they personally made, which was a remake of two, I think it succeeds very strongly there as well. Uh, so hey, wasn't that considering... the one that uh, like started some of the new movement uh, options that they started giving it? Yeah, like the, uh, the kind so, of feel of moving around. Yeah, it, that it introduced the like hitting one of the triggers to stand still and freely aim your gun. Yeah. Uh, it the introduced. Counter. Yep, the counter mechanic was also introduced in there, and I think they were refined definitely in Metroid Dread. Hey, because Metroid Dread just felt like it's one of the best feeling Metroid games to play. Like everything in that game just flows so smooth. Like there's no clunkiness to it in the slightest. Uh. Hey, hey T-Con, do you want to talk about that one game you want to talk about all night? <laughs> <laughs> it's... <laughs> so, going off of it just as a sequel to Halo 5 or is what whatever, we're talking about? No, whatever you want, man. Because uh, yeah, Halo it's... 5 was dog shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that makes this and... an easy, great sequel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they. I, I remember literally nothing about Halo 5. I remember there's a guy named Locke and you played as him for yes. half the game and I was like what is happening? And, and Buck was in there and he was a Spartan 4 now. He wasn't just uh, an ODST or whatever and yeah. he's really the only one that stood maybe kind of a chance not really against Master Chief. Everybody else can go past right, him. We don't need to go super in depth with Halo 5 but, story here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think 343 finally... I don't want to say got their heads out of their asses because like this was just a huge franchise for them to take over, um, and I don't think they fully realized that at first. But now, like, I think they got it. They've it's been a, a bit of a bumpy start, um, but I think over the next you know we'll say six months because that's when Forge and Co-op is gonna come out. Um, I heard think it this too. Could yeah. Be, but, but, <laughs> you said Co-op. Co-op. <laughs> Um, I think this could easily be the best Halo game ever, which says a lot because Halo 3 is my favorite game of all time. Um, the grapple shot is easily the greatest thing that has ever been added to this game. Um, the gunplay just feels so fantastic. Um, the movement is, I feel is so much more fluid now. Um, where it's got kind of like elements of reach and whatnot um, with like their armor abilities, but now everything's kind of more just like you have automatic sprint and whatnot. 
I think uh, I'm. I think what it's on. what it's doing it's perfectly refined Halo for the modern day, and I think that's where it succeeds the most. Yeah, is there's nothing, not a single thing feels off about this game, with the exception of microtransactions. But I don't consider that in any discussion for game of the year stuff. That all will get fixed, and it's all free to play game for multiplayer. So who cares? Um, yeah, everything. Yeah, like you're saying, from fixing that too. Yeah, everything from gunplay to just map and movement. Everything just feels so clean and well thought out and like super tight uh in a way that it seems like they kind of checked all the boxes from all the previous halo games of what worked uh, some of the maps are definitely a little weaker in the franchise but we'll get it's more still new and i think there's yeah i think they'll make a ton more um and they'll definitely refine them more there are a few that i do really enjoy playing on um the new update where they added the um, the playlist and whatnot was a great thing because now, now it's not just like random bullshit. Mm. Um, you can actually just go in and play Slayer or SWAT or whatever. I like that they made Fiesta uh, a permanent one too because that's fun to go mess around in. Yeah, campaign. I'm loving the the open world. Uh, I've been very slow doing the campaign because I most so just go and do all the side stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. There's, well, we're I could talk probably about, talk about this yeah. game all night. We're so. going to talk about it a lot more going forward. So you know, we don't have to go too, too, too in depth here. Uh, so definitely Halo Infinite on the list for now. Adam, is there any other games that you wanted to personally add here? I mean, not really, because there weren't a lot of games I played this year that were actually sequels. Yeah, that it, it does like, make it tricky when there's a lot of games that came out that weren't sequels. Uh, there's a lot of good first timers in this list, which is cool to see. Um, I, I got another one I could add if we need one. I have one it's that I, I want to bring up. Uh, Derek Bravely Default Two. I know you didn't play the previous Bravely Default yeah. games, but I feel like this Bravely Default is the most. What? How did I phrase it in when I talked about it earlier in the year? It was like the most. Uh, refined jrpg JRPG. experience like every all of the quality of life things that have been slowly added to jrpgs over the years have been added into this game uh and you take that and on top of it you add them perfecting their job system and each job feels so special and unique and combines with each other job in such a cool interesting way that i really thought it definitely pushed the series forward and like i'm i wish more people played this series man because this is like the what if scenario with final fantasy stayed like 2D. just t- 2d turn turn based yeah. uh combat games as opposed to 3d action games what they are now um so i know this one might be a tough fight because derek you didn't like it you got like decently into it but the rest of you didn't even touch it so i mean i don't think that it was i don't think it would be a tough fight because of us not playing it i think it will be a tough fight because there's probably some other equally worthy sequels left uh yeah i want your i want to sorry i want your opinions on one well would you consider back for blood a sequel to left for dead one and two uh, no. only in the spiritual sense yeah okay if you guys don't think so it's kind of like a I reimagining mean, is it <laughs> we I don't, I don't think we played enough of it to really f- notice if they connected it at at all well just because it's it's definitely not 
like story-wise connected whatsoever, but it is absolutely mechanically the same game. Left for Dead yeah. 3. Yeah. I would say it doesn't do enough to make it better. Oh, the card system? No, yeah. I would not, I would not say that. The guns are way better. better. The attachments on the guns make it even better. Characters with like abilities? Yeah. Yeah, I I know. I don't think. All right. Well, sounds like a I think it was. I think it's. I think it's kind of a yeah. moot point. <laughs> I, I think it fits in another category, but I, yeah, I wouldn't actually necessarily I... go sequel. But I do think. All right. I agree with you. They made it a lot better. Derek, I want to know about Hitman Three. Do you Ooh. think? Oh yeah. Uh, that's a tough one because obviously I did not play the other two before it. Oh okay. Uh, extensively, but. Uh, I do at least know of the games. Uh, I don't know. I think from what Jeff is saying and from what I played of Bravely Default, like I think Bra- like that would fit better as a like better a best sequel idea. Okay. Um, I think like Hitman Three doesn't. It does a little. Iterates a little bit on it, um, and it like slightly meaningfully continues the story. Uh, I think the best part about it is just like the level design of the like levels and stuff is just like really really good compared to uh one and two um like it just you know it it like i don't know some of the 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 some of the levels that you play are so so fun and so cool and so creative uh but they also have like i don't know they it it's not it's like close but it's not all the way there i think all right does anyone else have anything or is that the list is that our five? Uh, yeah, I did not really play many more sequels I, per se that I, I would yeah. consider. I don't. I so, have like one or two other ones uh, on my list, but I mean, at least uh, worthy mention: Subnautica Below Zero. Mm, yeah, I know you. I think you're the only one here who played it. Yeah, I really enjoyed. I mean, I think I still kind of liked the feel of the first one better See, because it was more horrorish. Where, or not, I wouldn't say horror, but that game that the first one was way creepier the second one was more um because you actually dealt with other people it wasn't so just like isolated and alone Mm -hmm. but i think they expanded a lot on the first game and it was i really enjoyed it i think yeah my argument against it would be from what i've heard like on average people like the first one better so that inherently goes against being the best sequel if people like the the previous one more i guess that's true but it still was like a, a really good sequel, yeah. at least. Fair. All right, and then I think so, we got one my, more. My my only addition would be uh, because I'm I think I'm the only one that's played the rest of the series, but uh, Ratchet and Clank. See, I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it too, and to me, it just mm. uh, the more I sat yeah. on Ratchet and Clank throughout the year, the more I entirely forgot about it because it just is a PS2 game. <laughs> Uh, it's a very very nice looking PS2 game. Yeah, the because I had played the the 2015 Ratchet and Clank earlier that earlier this year, and the, from what I could tell, those games are mechanically identical. So, other than the graphical upgrade of the PS5, I don't think it did anything extra for me. Yeah, I guess for I me, mean, it was the kind of, uh, the they they do add that a little bit in the the mechanics and gameplay department but i i would agree that it is still what the game has been for like almost 20 years 
So yeah. I get yeah, I guess that's a good point. All right. Then it sounds like we have our definitive bravely list. Bravely default. Bravely default to it is. Yeah. So, Unfortunately, I did not play enough of Axiom Verge 2 to ooh, really make... That was the other one I had a question yeah. about. I bet people would like that. I played a good amount of it, and then I got lost, and I c could not figure out where to go, and I didn't want to look it up, so I kind of put it... Because then Metroid came out, and then I just put it down and started playing Metroid. Uh, yeah. In case anyone was wondering, Neo, The World End With You is not the best sequel. <laughs> I would call it an, an objectively bad sequel. Yeah, it does some weird things. Um, yeah. All right. Jeez. So our nominations for best sequel are Psychonauts 2, Resident Evil Village, Metroid Dread, Halo Infinite, and Bravely Default 2. All right. Let's move on to our next category, which is most disappointing game. <sighs> uh, all right. So 12 minutes. We'll just throw it in there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we, we, we spent an entire episode shitting on 12 minutes. It's arguably one of the worst <laughs> games I've ever played. Uh, and I think it's, I wasn't like insanely hyped for this game. I don't think any of us were insanely hyped, but we were like moderately interested. It's a cool time loop mystery game with a really stacked voice cast. And, and then yeah. it was just so terrible. It's execution. Oh, it's gameplay. It's a really weird one you guys played. Yeah. Uh, the voice yeah. acting was atrocious. It was all, the whole game was just disjointed. So yeah, I think it like 12 minutes is definitively on this list. Yeah. yeah I didn't wait. I have no desire to even go anywhere near it after listening to you guys shit talk it for an hour yeah it was never do it it was real bad uh i have one i want to throw in and uh uh rest in peace jose wherever you are monster hunter rise i don't know if it's worth putting on this list uh that game everyone says this it's like they're like oh maybe this will be the monster hunter that grabs me and makes me addicted and a lot of people said that world was that for them and then those people who didn't think world was a lot of them rise is the one that got them in but everybody also says, like, you need a shepherd. You need someone to take you in and nurture you and make you understand and fall in love with this game. And I didn't have that. And I just played this game by myself. And I had zero fun playing this game. So I don't know if that falls on me and or if it is, like, a like enough of a disappointment of, like, this franchise that everybody loves and I just couldn't get into because it's so impenetrable by yourself. So yeah. like, I don't know I don't how know. that falls. I... I played Monster Hunter World a little bit this year with a Sherpa, and I didn't really catch on to it either. So I don't know how if that really says anything for the quality of Rise. Yeah. But I feel like those games are so similar that yeah. it might, it might be. spell the same. So if you just break it down to its most simple, I guess I didn't read the, the, the tagline. The game that didn't fulfill its promises and failed most relative to its expectations, it... It failed for me, but I think right. that might be a me thing, but I still wanted to bring it up. We yeah, no, it I think that's it. fair. Yeah, I would say put it at the end of the list for now, and if we don't think of anything else... Um... Yeah. Anyone else have something? Tegon, did any games disappoint you this year? I didn't play a ton. Yeah. So no, not really. All right, Adam, anything uh... disappoint you? Yeah, uh, I'm going to throw Biomutant up there. Oh, oh yeah, yes. that's a good one. <laughs> okay. Definitely a good one. <laughs> it's like the, the concept of it looked really cool, but like, you know, it was like this unique take. Like, like, like I was excited about it just because like it looked pretty unique, like art style wise and direction wise. Like I'd never oh, seen anything sure. quite like it, but I, I never even finished it. Like getting down to it, the gameplay is basically the exact same thing cycled like four times. Yeah. Like there was not nearly enough 
variation in its gameplay. Like there's all this whole thing about all these all these different uh, tribes you need to go like make friends with and conquer, and like the pattern for it was go to their bases, do one of five permutable things, and oh cool, you did it. You know, it wasn't really like there was not a lot of challenge to anything. I'll admit the boss fights were kind of cool. Those were challenging, a little bit more interactive. But even they give you all these like cool like vehicles you can use throughout the world. But then it's like, oh, no, no, no. You can only use this in this like one little subsection of the entire map nowhere else. Uh-huh. So it's like, why put those things in there if I can't use them outside of like a very small subsection of the map? Yeah, it seemed like it sure. had a lot of promise and then just kind of was it, boring. <laughs> it had a lot of promise from its story and its theme. The problem is it playing the game just feels like the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. All right. Like even Yeah, so just yeah. a little That's disappointing. Andrew, you're about to say something before Adam. Uh, yeah, uh Mario Golf. Yeah, I did not like. <laughs> That's on my list too. I, think... I it took away everything that made Mario Golf interesting to me, which was the individual mastery of it. Where in Mario Golf Toadstool Tour, which Jeff, you will like, you say the 3DS version is the best one. Yeah, uh, I have not personally played the 3DS version, but from Toadstool Tour, which is the GameCube one, which is my personal favorite, there are so many elements of just selecting and setting up your shot that uh, allows for so much skill expression that isn't present in this game. It's so, like, dulled down and serialized where it's like the, like, you have way less options. The readability of the, of the HUD is, like, completely different and obvious and honestly less readable. Uh, and the it like it just took away the things that I liked the most about Mario Golf and made it more of a of a streamlined experience, which I don't think works in this case. So yeah, so I think what happened is uh, Toadstool Tour was Mario six or Nintendo sixty four Mario Golf awesome. Toadstool Tour even better. The three DS one is like the same of as those two games even better. They added like an RPG single player mechanic to it where you're unlocking new clubs and stuff. So they were on track of like making this awesome single player well-designed RPG type golf game and then they like took a a hard right turn and this is a party game. Yeah. And I did not want Mario Golf to be a party game and I'm sure it's fun for some people, but it is the opposite of what I enjoy with the Mario Golf games. Um there's like no single player component to it whatsoever. The courses weren't super well designed like you said. The UI uh for actually lining up your shot and stuff was all not yeah. nearly as... There was this like weird super shot that broke the game entirely. Yeah. Like uh, the spit like adding spin didn't make any sense. They took away the entire like putting reticle system which is like stupid yeah. and they gave you the marker on your power sh- on your power meter exactly that told you exactly is. where the pin is and it removed all skill from it. Yeah, so you didn't have to guess the distance. So you just like, okay, just stop the button here. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think uh the biggest thing is like they the whole gimmick of this game was like you run in between your shots and I just don't care. Like I have yeah. no interest in that part of the game. Yeah, like, it, it it sounds like it was definitely designed to be a low skill like high frequency party game, not the original intent. Yeah. Which I guess might be popular for some people but not what you guys want. Yeah. 
So I was very exactly. disappointed. Andrew and I are both very disappointed in it. So I think it definitely needs to be on this list. Uh, Derek, I don't think you've chimed in with anything yet. Oh, you said 12 minutes, but... Uh, <laughs> I think for me, it would probably go to uh, Destruction All-Stars. Ooh, really? Okay. Did you have yeah. high expectations for that game? Uh, I, I was excited for it, and I thought, you know, it was going to be this cool, like, Destruction Derby uh, game, and then it came out, and it was fun for one match, and then it was like, oh, this is all this is. This is unfortunate. Okay. Uh, there's there's no like depth to it? It just, it came out and then disappeared off the map. I have not heard anyone talk about it. Yeah. No. Yeah. About anything, about playing it. <laughs> this, it's, yeah. For, for a PS5 launch title, it, uh, that's true. Withered and died very launch. quickly. Didn't it come out in, like, March, though? No, Jan- it all came out in January. Yeah, okay. It was like the January PS, PS Plus game, game yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, I thought that okay. game was kind of boring and pointless. Uh, I have uh, one I want to throw out there. Yeah, I feel like there might be a, a couple more that are more disappointing uh, like on the on a, on a yeah. scale of expectations. Adam, to I know you liked new Pokemon Snap, but I thought that game was bad. <laughs> Uh, Andrew, I think you had, you had a similar feeling to me about New Pokemon I wasn't, Snap. Yeah, I wasn't as a, a, a fan. I think it, well. it took away everything that was fun about the original Pokemon Snap, which was like the puzzle of figuring out this one map and like unlocking everything and you get a new thing and you go back to that map. Whereas in New Pokemon Snap, it seemed like the, the gameplay was just like play it as many times as like we want you to and after you've just done it so many times then we'll give you a new thing as opposed to like it being more of a puzzle it was just about like yeah just go do it and then like yeah. the, whole, the whole thing of like having star ratings but no explanation to how to achieve those star ratings all seem like bullshit and just like more of a reason to be like okay just keep doing it over and over it was artificially they inflated this game and I, I was fine with it being like a five to eight hour experience like it was on the n64 yeah i won't i won't uh not gonna challenge you on that i kind of agree in the long run actually i will agree like the the star system was i i enjoyed it more for just like it being a, like a fun little thing to do just like like a nice little nostalgic trip i do agree that uh like gameplay wise, it does feel a little bit forced in its. I like to. I refer to it as like a. What do I call it? Like a, like an artificial length to a game. Like mm. it's like when you have like I know like there was some criticism for that with like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, where it's like, <laughs> well, like yeah, a lot of the time here is the fact that the map is gigantic and it takes forever to get anywhere. It's like when yeah. things like that add to a game. Like yeah, it's only this long because it takes so long to do things yeah not that there's a lot of things to do yeah that's definitely how i felt like i in like to the star system i saw like a a funny post about it once like there was this dynamic picture between this electric type and a tyranitar battling it out and it was a four-star picture of a crustal hidden in the background corner so there's clearly like yeah and no like it, it could system have, to it. It could have been fine if that was explained anywhere, but it was just arbitrarily assigning star ratings to these pictures. That it just felt bad. I, I kind of felt like, like to get the four star, you always had to catch it doing a very certain thing. Yeah, it wasn't so much like how well, how good the picture is. It was what behavior was going on in the picture. Exactly. So, and, and yeah, there was no explanation to it. 
ultimately, I think this game is the most disappointing because it has been so storied among fans for almost a decade since the Wii U's inception, where every as soon as anybody saw the Wii U gamepad, they said, make a Pokemon Snap for this, you fools. And yeah, then they did that would have been great. And then now, fast forward to 2021, we finally got the new Pokemon Snap, and it was okay. And womp womp. Ah, less than okay. Don't forget, Derek's never liked Pokemon Snap. Derek has That's argued true. that Pokemon yeah. Snap has always been bad. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> and I see that I've been proven correct. <laughs> well, hey, I think the first Pokemon Snap is a very fun arcadey experience. Yeah, because it takes five hours total to beat that game. Yeah. Um, does anyone Jeff, else have how, anything? How do we feel about Neo? The world ends with you. I wasn't disappointed in that game. I just don't think it reached the highs that the first one did. I thought okay. it was, I thought it was fine. I think right. there are five other games that I feel worse about than Neo. That's the world fair. With you. That's I fair, have yeah. I have one more that I was very disappointed in, and that is Kenna Bridge of Spirits. That's on my list. Um. It just was nothing. It, it, it was, was a, a nothing very, game. It was a very yeah. nothing game. It was like, it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's a very visually stunning game. We but will talk about that such, game later, for sure. It was such a mishmash of these, like, like repeated spirit world themes that we've seen in pop culture, like, so many times. Avatar. And, yeah, there is just nothing really interesting mechanically or thematically in that game, so... Yeah, I, I agree. I was kind of let down because I started playing it and I only played it for like two hours before I had zero drive to go back and play it because it was just doing nothing interesting. It just looked gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I only have one more thing I want to mention and uh, I think you all wiped this from your memories, but remember when we tried to play Scott Pilgrim at the beginning of the year? Oh, uh, well, that's, yeah. uh, that's a rematch. Oh. But it, we were oh. still disappointed. In it. Last year's winner that's was true. the Mario 64 collection. Or the, the didn't we, 3D All-Star didn't we collection. only put that on because, like, I feel like there had to have been some some rules lawyering about mm -hmm. that. Nope. But. I I don't know if I if I I can say it was my most disappointing game because I wasn't excited for it in any way. Andrew and I were very excited. <laughs> I was same. I didn't want to. I really wasn't into it. I just got it to try with you guys. I, I just yeah, wanted to. Was... I just wanted to mention it because like it was it was <laughs> yeah. unplayable. I would say yeah. I would say it's definitely worthy of an honorable mention because right. it is a re-release. Uh, so right now our list is twelve minutes. Monster Hunter, Mon Monster Hunter, Bio Mutant, Mario Golf, Pokemon Snap. Do you want to put Kana above Monster Hunter? Uh, I feel pretty equal about them. So if you would rather have Kana here, I'm fine I with think, that. I think due to the mass acclaim for monster hunter i think it's it a me thing kana, kana is a more representative pick for us, us. collectively i, agree I, I think as well okay cool so i think then we lock in our nominees for the most disappointing game are 12 minutes kenna bridge of spirits bio mutant mario golf and pokemon snap all right so moving on to our next category this one we don't have to do any debating it's just going to be voting because this is our best backlog game these are the backlog games that we played here. And we only played five of them this year. So what do you know? We got Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, Resident Evil 4, Hyper Light Drifter, Knights of the Old Republic, and The World Ends With You. 
Uh, so yeah, we don't, we have full episodes about each of these games. So we'll just uh, vote for these when the time comes, and we'll announce the winner when we get around to that. After that right. is best remaster. Uh, I have nothing written down, so Andrew, I'm letting you take the lead on this one. All right, so of all of the remasters that came out this year, the only ones that we collectively have put any sort of time into are Scott Pilgrim re-release, Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, Binding of Isaac Repentance, the Neo Remaster Collection, which was Jose, who's not here, so we'll probably nix that one, uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade, Skyward Sword HD, and Monkey Ball Banana Mania. All right. Um, uh, so out of those... We can get rid of Scott Pilgrim. We can get rid of Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> I think we can also please. get rid of Monkey Ball. Was Monkey Ball good, though? I'd... I only played a half hour of it. Okay. I, I'm not... And I've never played another Monkey Ball. Yeah. I'm, I, I wasn't asking about the category but, but for personal, because I, I did like, think about like, I love Monkey, Super Monkey was Ball. Was Monkey Ball ever good? Is that what you're saying? Oh, no. Super Monkey Ball is okay. one of the greatest games of all time. Okay. Yeah, no, it was an amazing game. <laughs> all right, yeah. I don't I don't know enough just, about it, and I didn't I play it. I also did not play the remaster. I keep forgetting about it, but I, Monkey Ball was amazing. So I think that pretty solidly leaves us with five choices. Okay. Nice. Being Mario plus Bowser's Fury, which uh, the porting 3D World, which is one of the best Mario games onto Switch, and the addition of Bowser's Fury, which is this fully robust side mode. Pretty great. Finding yeah. Isaac Repentance is more than a sequel to the game. Like, it almost doubles, if not more than doubles, the amount of content in it, incorporating fan mods and making so many quality of life changes to the game, rebalancing and everything, uh, that makes it just a completely new experience. Mass Effect Legendary Edition looks way better than Mass Effect used to, and porting all three of those games into one collective package that unifies the story into one cohesive experience. Awesome, enough said. The Seven. Uh, I was gonna say the quality of life improvements in the first game alone uh, yeah. is what makes it, I think, really stand out. Uh, yeah. Um, and then Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade. Uh, game Charge twenty twenty one game of the year. Four K sixty FPS. Uh, sixty FPS upgrades. Uh, and the inclusion of Intermission, which is the Yuffie DLC, is awesome. Uh, almost made me replay the entire game again. And it continues. There are new cutscenes as part of the yeah. original game, which are huge. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD. Finally giving the people what they want, making a button mapping for the controls. Are the Is the button mapping actually good? That's a different story. But there are also other quality of life improvements, and putting it on a modern console is great. So Nice. All right straightforward uh and then i would like to congratulate uh inscription for being the winner of best shark use because it's the only game that we could actively think of having a shark in it <laughs> yeah. uh, there is a shark card that shoots a machine gun out of its head at some point and that is pretty cool uh all right so we are moving on to our next category which is best multiplayer the game which offered the most dynamic and varied multiplayer or co-op experience uh all right tyler t talk about halo's multiplayer for like 10 minutes there you go don't do it for 10 <laughs> minutes <laughs> no i won't uh yeah no it's it's amazing uh again it honestly may be even better than halo 3's multiplayer just with the sheer fact of how 
the movement, the gunplay is, and it's only going to get better once uh, more maps come out. Um, they're already talking about new guns coming out. Like they're periodically going to bring new guns in. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. I'm... With the exception of the collection of maps we currently have and vehicles being too overpowered, in my opinion, uh, this is the best Halo multiplayer for sure. It's just so. Yeah, there's definitely not enough anti-vehicle. There hasn't been a, a multiplayer game like this that has sucked me in this hard since I don't fucking remember. It's been a long time since I've put this much time into a multiplayer game. And now uh, being a dad and having very limited game time, the fact that I'm spending a lot of that time playing a multiplayer game is a big deal these days. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's, because... it's an incredible experience Be, like this is a probably a big part in why you recently decided just not to play horizon zero dawn yeah i'm just gonna play because the sequel and watch videos about the time. first one yeah time's limited oh jesus <laughs> yeah well i'm still playing halo so i really yeah. randomly really really want to play replay hollow knight on my oled switch Ooh, yeah, Ooh, yeah. that'd be nice yeah uh as like a nice calm january before things get crazy yeah but yeah, definitely I think... love the multiplayer. Mm -hmm. Most probably the most fun I've had on a multiplayer game in a long time as well. I think it is testament to how good it is that I really, really enjoy it. And I have historically not been a fan of Halo. <laughs> yeah, this so is the it, Halo it that is, got me into Halo. Kind of like you guys touched on earlier, it is the most refined version of this of this style of game, this this gunplay. And mm -hmm. the way it is the most sandboxy multiplayer game I've ever played in that there are so many minute and acute interactions that occur just within, like, the firing of a weapon, right? Like, how many... I don't know if there are how many, if any, hitscan weapons there are, but there are so many weapons which their projectiles interact with the environment in a way that makes physical sense mm. and can completely change the way that you think about interacting with an enemy player, you know, and yeah. the amount of like vehicles in the game and everything. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. It's super duper fun experience for sure. Uh, Adam, do you have any multiplayer you want to talk about? I'm trying to think if there's a thing I actually played that had a lot of multiplayer. Oh, I know. I know. A couple. Or I know a couple you played with me. Yeah. Derek, you got Oh one? yeah. I was going to say, uh, knockout city. Oh, you know, I was just oh, that's the one. That. Yeah, Knockout City. Knockout that's City. the one. So I was trying to think of the fun. name of it. I knew it. Yeah. yeah, that was there a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll put that on the list. Why not? That's that was yeah. a, a Dude, kind of a fun, unique take on a blast. Yeah, yeah. It uh, it burned bright and burned fast, but like that two week period where we played that game, or pretty the, it was a lot of fun. One night where we had eight people and we're just it was so fun. They're so yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah, it's just such a unique fun idea of like this arena it's shooter one of with the, dodgeballs. Yeah. It's one of those perfect land party games where fat like you create individual factions amongst your friend group and, and invoke these unique strategies and, and you know just the core gameplay is fun it's fucking dodgeball yeah you know and like, like it, it succeeded in being one of those games that can create hype moments like we made clips of that game where like <laughs> we had that insane like 
10 kill behind comeback as a clip we had the one where you, oh, Andrew, you, yeah. you shot straight up in the air and got a quadra kill like there was yeah. so many fun cool clips that we shared with each other uh yeah that, that game was very hype for the period of time that we played it absolutely if i would i would love to go back to it if there weren't other games to be playing at all times mm. um how about it takes uh, two i was gonna just bring yeah. up it takes two it absolutely should be on this list because i, I didn't want us to get uh over overburdened by the thought of pure multiplayer games because co-op experiences are very important and it takes two is one of the best co-op games ever made yep i believe so. i said it was the best co-op experience i've had since portal 2 yeah um i'm sad that allison and i kind of fell off of it but uh i'll probably never go back to it do you kind of yeah. play it takes two with me super smart design which one is that again it's the one where you're like you're these two dolls and you're just going through these levels that are like 3d platforming levels that are all about working together like in the first level one of you has a hammer and the other one has a nail so the guy is like throwing nails into the wall so that the girl who has the hammer can jump and swing on them and scale up a wall and then hit a button that allows the other guy to come up with yeah it's really fun it's super well thought out uh and you can only play it (laughs) co-op but because i own a copy you can download a demo and i can invite you to the game you don't have to even buy it i think it's on game pass now anyways is it well there you go yeah i think so so either way, you should play that game with me. Ticing offer. Allison got very mad. <laughs> uh, cool. Um, um, back for blood, you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We had so much fun there. playing that. I'm sad that we stopped playing that. It's just like, it's incredibly hard to get a group of well, four Halo people. Came out. One Halo <laughs> came out, but it's incredibly hard to get a group of four people together to play a video game yeah. for an extended period the of four, time. The yeah. four of us, uh, you know, sorry, minus Adam. Uh, have not even played it together. We you never did, had a session. We I never think had we a did session one. with four of us. I, no, never. Are you sure? I've I've never played the game with the three of you at the same time. Damn. Yeah, that sucks yeah. because I really loved this game and it was very high on my list for a while and it slowly crept its way down as I didn't play it. Um, yeah. And they've only fixed it. Like apparently everyone was complaining about the spawn rate of the special infected, but that was a bug God, yeah. that they fixed. So now oh, it, yeah. it's more balanced. It was like double spawning <laughs> enemies for some reason. Um, I think they're adding new weapons, new characters, new cards. And it's like, ah, oh, I wish we could like commit to like every this night of the week for two hours. We play back for blood until we beat it because I really, yeah. really loved that game. I don't know if the spawn rates I mean, had a major. I'll definitely part. start playing again. I don't know if the spawn rates had a major factor in this, but when I I played through ninety percent of the co of the campaign co op with my friend, uh, and we couldn't beat it on easy on the easiest difficulty, just the two of us. So I, this game almost requires you to play with a full group of four. Yeah. Uh, so I think that only strengthens its multiplayer yeah. promise. And I think also it's intended to be played over and over and you unlock new cards and make yourself because yeah. they're like legendary or like rare cards that are super powerful that we never got any of and that are game changers um so it's like one of those things where the more you play it the more you understand the levels and the more the better cards you get to tackle those levels i had such a blast playing this game um i would love to play it more it definitely needs to be on this list for sure uh all right so what do we have so far just ha- four uh yeah we have four i have a few left that i think 
would be worthy that okay. I'm kind of cycling between. It depends. Some of them are a little dependent on how you view it, I guess. My so the oddly enough, the numps so of my first choice for this would be Mario Party, but I don't know how much you classify that as a new game, quote unquote. I would say it it's doing enough to be a new game, even with like just the online alone that that should qualify it to be on this list because of like how the online one works well two has save states so you could be playing with three other people online say okay we need to stop and we can come back to this in a week and be exactly where you were really like that yeah well, that's nice that stuff alone i think makes it like a standout yeah. it's the things game. i'm hung up on is that the meat and potatoes of the game are just old levels and mini games yeah, but it's curated in a way that's very smart because they did like that 3DS one that's just like, here are the 100 best minigames, but there was nothing to it, you know? I feel yeah. like what they did with this game is so special because they nailed it. They knew what the people wanted and they managed to that's put true. it together with yeah. good online. So I could I easily see agree that with you. being here. I wish but I had only, played it. The, uh, the other two that, before we lock this in, the other two that I were thinking about were uh nickelodeon all-star brawl that's the last one on my list and pokemon unite that that was also what i was thinking of um we only played pokemon unite together for like less than a week and then i went on and yeah. played it for like a month by myself uh i think the fun of that game falls off very quickly i agree because it's a moba yeah and the point of a moba is to be better than the other people so if you're not yes then, then it's, it's not, not fun. fun yeah and i think nick all-star brawl was fun for us as Smash Bros. fans for a brief period of time because it is such a technically insane game. But yeah, I think it's wild. I think if people aren't fans of high competitive Smash, then that would be a very boring game for them, considering especially because it has like very generic sound effects, no voice acting, no music. Very clunky animations. Yeah. Uh, and so, hitboxes. So I think if you are not the biggest of biggest competitive melee fan then that game does absolutely nothing for you. That's also fair. So I think of those three, that Mario Party should probably be on this list. I would agree. I was just hung up on the potential yeah. categorization of it. I, I had it on my list too, uh, and I because I wanted to bring it up and talk about it and see what people's Sweet. thoughts were. But that is kind of how I feel. All right. So then our nominees no, for best yeah, no multiplayer. No objections from the rest of you? Nope, we're good. No. Yeah. All right. Our nominees for best multiplayer are Halo Infinite, Knockout City, It Takes Two, Back 4 Blood, and Mario Party Superstars. Superstars? All-Stars? Superstars. Superstars. All right. Well done, boys. Moving on to the next one, we have Best Performance. The character whose actor enhanced their development through vocal delivery and or motion capture. Uh, I think two that we can talk about right away, and I don't know if we want to put both of these on the list or just one of these on the list, but Juliana and Colt from oh yeah, that's from yeah. Deathloop. I think both did very well. That's what I was yeah. thinking. Yeah. Like, this, I I was thinking both of them honestly. Yeah, because part of their part of the appeal of both of those is the interaction between the two of them. Mm. Yeah, like they just they just keep going back and forth off each other. So I think they both kind of deserve to be yeah. there in their own right. Their voice lines are in like not only are there so many of them, but they are very well acted, and it creates a dynamic between the two characters that makes you really feel for both of them over the course of that game. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I hard agree with all of that. I think I could easily see them both on this list. Anyone? We'll definitely put them both up for now. Yeah. I think that the 
voice actor for Ryuji absolutely popped off in Persona 5 Strikers. <laughs> uh, Every voice line that Ryuji said made me fucking laugh out loud. For and real? He so, yeah, he just put so much emotion into it, but like you could tell he was having fun with the role again. I yeah. loved it. I just don't have enough memory of that game. I feel like from what that, I remember, like, it was out just of, more of Ryuji, which isn't a bad thing. Yeah, uh, it was like Ryuji, but dialed to 11, which was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I would put it at the end in italics for now. I don't know if anyone else is going to side with you on that. I could potentially if yeah, we don't have no, that's, else. That's totally fair. I just absolutely wanted to bring it up. Uh, Derek, what do you think? Uh, I thought the... Hold on. I can't remember her name, uh, from but the girl. Oh from... my god! What are we doing here? Hold on, I'm typing. I would like to say that all three actors in 12 minutes should never work in video games ever again. <laughs> That's all. Damn. <laughs> I would give Willem Dafoe another shot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Daisy but... Ridley and James McAvoy were terrible. They don't need to. They don't need to ever be in a game ever again. Nope. Ah. Uh. Uh, another one I'll throw out that I don't think will en- actually end up on this list. Uh, I forgot her name. The girl, the Gothic Reaper girl from Neo: The World's End with You, I thought did a really good job. Okay. Um, that's that's that. I don't think anyone is, is going to get behind me on this. What about? Oh no, who played Luke Carter? Dude, a Luke. Yeah, I had mentioned Luke Carter to you, and you're like, I don't know about that man. That but- was for best new character. Oh, was it? I have him yeah. for both. <laughs> best best performance, one hundred percent. That yeah. guy nailed it. Yeah, the guy. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, this is some deep inscription spoilers. <laughs> so, Adam, if you don't want to know about this at all, mute yourself temporarily. All right, Adam's uh, headphones are off. Okay, so inscription spoilers. <laughs> he got he off too. Okay, so inscription <laughs> spoilers. He Luke Carter like interspaces this like found footage Blair Witch type shit partway through the game and this dude luke carter is the one doing it he owns a youtube channel called the lucky carter and he's like (laughs) does pack opening videos and (laughs) he just nails it it's so cool yeah Uh, he absolutely nails like that awkward trying to be funny but definitely has a following on youtube like pack opening guy (laughs) it was perfect yeah yeah uh that's all we'll say about that for now we'll wave them back in you guys yeah I, I went to go tap on my monitor to get T-Con's attention. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, yeah. Luke Carter. We'll definitely put Kevin, this list. Actor's name is Kevin Saxby. Good job, Kevin. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, T-Con. Oh, Derek, did you find out what you were looking for? Yeah. Uh, the From Guardians of the Galaxy, I thought a lot of the cat, like, they all did a really good job with all the voices. Mm. Uh, yeah. I thought... Star Lord was really well done. Uh, Gamora, Drax, Rocket, all, like so all of the Guardians. All, really? like, Hello. Yeah, were, I, I think probably maybe I, the best was maybe the guy who did Rocket. Yeah, the the two that I wrote down and noted were Rocket and Drax. I think Drax yeah. nailed the tone in a. It's different than Dave Bautista, but also interesting and felt like Drax, which was cool. And then Rocket was yeah. just so insane over the top always screaming uh and i just loved that about it, them yeah uh, i didn't get far enough to see if gamora had more depth i thought she felt pretty one note um yeah i, I mean yeah she i i think in the end it's like the also the, the girl who plays uh nikki gold was was very good 
uh mantis comes back more and the girl who, like all all the characters were pretty well pretty well done yeah. i would say cosmo the space dog <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean we obviously can't have the entire guardians of the galaxy cast no, no. So is there, do you want to narrow it down to anyone in particular i would say for uh alex wiener for rocket <laughs> wiener is alex wiener uh, i'd be fine with uh with having rocket on here is there okay. anyone else who wants to fight for any of the guardians specifically i didn't play enough of that game to have an opinion yeah nope derek do you think any of the performances in psychonauts are worthy uh no i also <laughs> think no i think it's that is fair. It, it is intentionally weird yeah in a way that's intentionally like, goofy and yeah like off it's it'd be hard it's like they're not trying to do any sort of a convincing performance which i feel like is a big part of this category really um yeah nothing it's like just watching like an animated tv show yeah like like a saturday morning cartoon no one would right. ever get nominated for like being the best voice actor <laughs> uh you know yeah, unless it was Batman the animated series, but then like <laughs> Kevin uh, Conroy, makes sense. yeah, and, and Mark Hamill, <laughs> and Mark Hamill, yeah. The only one I have left on my list that we haven't talked about, I thought Rivet from Ratchet and Clank did a really, really good job. She added a lot of emotion to that character, like yeah, that character's been through some shit, and she does a good job of playing it off, but you still know that it kind of affected her. Mm -hmm. uh, I really like that. Oh, one that I I, see that I recently forgot. I didn't add it to my list though. Um, the weapon from Halo. Are you, okay, yeah, I was, I was gonna say that. Uh, think, no, you're not a weapon fan. I, <laughs> I don't just, I don't think it's like a good performance. Oh, I just really. Agree. I think it's what? it's so, as good as any Halo games performance. I don't know. I, I like. I played all through all of them. But, well, most of them before it came out, mm -hmm. and nothing stands out better than all of the performances in Halo Two. Like the thing I love about the weapon is like she has this naive but like playful vibe to her, and that she nails it so well of not. And she's just so positive. Like yeah, Chief Chief is like the lowest he's been in a long time. He got his ass kicked by Atriox. Uh, don't know what the fuck is going on with Cortana. And she's always just like, chief will do it. Like he can do anything. And like, I was, when I was playing earlier, the pilot was talking about, um, how like he doesn't have any family anymore. And like, nobody's asked him about that in so long. And she's just like, yeah, chief will make it better. Don't worry. It'll be okay. Right. Chief. Like yeah, she's just so positive and like it's such a great like yeah. counterbalance to him. Maybe maybe a new character, but I I didn't think the performance was like anything special. I I think she's doing a good job conveying that that like childish wonder, but also having the entire knowledge of the entire human race like, at the same time and being this all powerful AI. I thought she like made that like she's charming and playful in a way that if that performance didn't come through, that character wouldn't succeed. That's how I feel. Okay. But I, I also, okay. I, I guess that's a better, a better way to, uh, or, uh, a, a more. Cause uh, here's a better here's a, description. Here's another point. It's the same voice, voice actress as Cortana. Right. But, right. Yeah. 
but they're two very different characters, which oh, shows completely which different. shows how how well she did playing the weapon. Yeah. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Or, yeah. I just or voice the voice lines. actors for the voice actors for the grunts because they're fucking <laughs> hilarious in this game. Uh, I I think that's more so writing than voice acting. I'm pretty I'm sure that's know. like random three employees. Yeah, they're like, all right, guys, here's here's a six pack of beer for each employee. We'll yeah, just go well, say some shit into the microphone. Fucking but, amazing. Yeah. We'll talk more about that in writing. Um. Andrew, in parentheses, can you put the character next to these people's names? There is not enough room, but I will do it. Yeah, just as best as I you can. Trust me, I wanted to. Um, so right now, what we have in here is Jason Kelly, who played Colt, Ozioma Akuga, who's Juliana, Kevin Saxby, who played uh, Luke Carter. Luke Carter. Alex Wiener, who played Rocket, and then Max Middleman was who? Ryuji. Ryuji. But we, can change, we can swap that out for the weapon if you guys are strong on it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm between yeah. the weapon and Rivet. I don't know if you guys have a preference. I feel like T-Con's leaving, leaning pretty heavily towards the weapon. Derek, I don't know. Out of the two, I would lean towards Rivet, I would think. But I see where you guys are coming from for the weapon, for sure. Derek, did you have a thought I, on that? I, Probably would lean more towards Rivet as well. Mm. Adam, you don't have any say between these two, no clue. Yeah, I got no strong opinion either way here. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty split. I think they both did a pretty phenomenal job. Um, I uh, would say Rivet Rivet is fucking Jennifer Hale. <laughs> Uh, I would say I wouldn't mind dropping Colt to have both Rivet and the weapon on here because I think Juliana did significantly I, better than I don't, I don't. I don't agree. I at think all. I think that Colt and Juliana <laughs> should both be on. This yeah, list. I think they both did an, an excellent job. Okay. Um. <laughs> I can I can I can bow out. Sorry. Right. You want to bow out? So we'll put Rivet yeah. on here. Sounds good to me. All right. We'll put Jennifer Hale as Rivet. All right. So the nominees for best performance. What about the the Book of Love, Doctor Hakeem? Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> Most offensive performance of the year. Uh, all right, best performance nominees: Jason Kelly as Colt from Death Loop, Ozioma Akaga as Juliana from Death Loop, Kevin Saxbury as Luke Carter from Inscription, Alex Weiner as Rocket from Guardians of the Galaxy, and Jennifer Hale as Rivet from. Ratchet and Clank rift apart. Cool. Moving on to the next one, we have best moment. So I have a lot of stuff written down here. I have a lot. And as this well. is this is one of the most spoilery uh, <laughs> categories that we have. Yeah, because sure. let's be honest, there's almost no way to avoid like climactic moments on exactly. this category. Uh, I think the easiest way to go about this is. For everyone to just kind of rapid fire their lists and then okay. narrow it down from there. So I don't know who I have a I have a big list. I also have a decent list. I feel like yours is probably bigger. Uh Adam, probably. you go first. Do you have anything written down? Uh the only like the two big ones I had in mind were uh the like right before the final boss of Metroid Dread, where you kind of realize you've been led on the entire game. Mm-hmm. And uh oh actually there's there's two from Metroid that I like. I also like the one where she actually Sam actually talks. Ooh, in Chozo. Yeah, that was yeah. A, that was. A, I got chills when that happened. 
Like, yeah, that and the uh, the point where you realize at the end the computer you've been talking to the entire time has just been Ravenbeak. Yeah. Like, just masquerading as the entire time, getting you to come to him. What? I said masquerading. Oh. I mean, what do you do when you watch Samus 24-7? <laughs> Depends on if she's in the Zero Suit. Zero Suit, <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Uh... So those two are definitely up there for me. I like mm-hmm. both of those I would moments. even say the aftermath of the final boss when you get like the, the Metroid transformation suit and like escape yeah. the planet. I wrote down. That, yeah, that was mm-hmm. awesome. My Metroid yeah, moments were becoming a Metroid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then that last it's Emmy like, encounter. Holy shit. You play as Metroid. <laughs> yeah. The last Emmy encounter <laughs> where like this entire game, you've been struggling against the Emmys. There are these all powerful machines that are this huge struggle. And then the last one, you just become the Metroid and murder it instantly. That was a very satisfying moment. Yeah. Uh, and you said you had one more, Adam? Uh, yeah, the, uh, so massive spoiler, if you haven't played Resident Evil 8, mm-hmm. uh, the whole Ethan's been dead the entire time shit. <laughs> yeah, he's been mauled the whole time. <laughs> like, like, man, you are, you, you died in the beginning of 7. Like, you've been dead for two games yeah, now. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> that... it, it made it all be like, oh, this went oh, from so being that's like, why he can chop his hand off and this put it went back from on. being I, I, see, I don't understand this and hate all this to I love all of this. Mm-hmm. Actually, I, think, I mean, actually, I I just want to say that no, it did make me say I hate all of this. <laughs> <laughs> but my but my favorite moment from that game was the moment when he fucking reattached his hand. Yeah, and just pours a um, healing liquid. Yeah, on it. and I was like. Mm. Yeah, I remember watching and thinking, this is definitely not how biology works, but I'm just gonna just gonna run with this. Just roll with it, yeah. Uh, I feel like at this point, whenever a game gets brought up, we can just talk about all the moments from that game because I also have "fuck that baby" from Resident Evil. Yeah, Yale. fuck that baby. Uh, yep. Yes, that's baby. definitely on this list too. Oh, that I big scary like baby. baby, and then the moment where you play as Chris Redfield in Resident yeah. Evil Eight yep. blew that my was cool. fucking mind. That was fun. I like, you just walk through the village feeling like an absolute badass. Yeah, that's when the game just turned into Resident Evil 6 and went for it, and it really succeeded. <laughs> and that was a nice little uh, takeaway moment from that. Like, okay, Ethan is, air quotes, dead. Let's have some fun. Yeah. Um, all right. I, I like the, the reveal that uh, Lady Miranda was your wife. What? Mother Miranda? What? Yeah. Sorry, cool. Mother Miranda was your wife, like, in the beginning of the game. And it's kind of just like this whole oh, reveal. Oh, she's like, pretending to be your wife. Yeah, yeah. like and she's oh, captured. The how long? Right. Like how long was she your wife? Yeah, and wait, Ethan's baby is with Mother Miranda technically, not with uh, what's her name? Mia. Uh, no, the Mia. the baby is the baby is from Mia. It's but it's because Ethan is dead that, that the is baby part mold. Is yeah, it's part. It's so it's gotcha. part mold. Yeah, I forgot about that revelation. Which is just yeah. even weirder. <laughs> All right, any other Resident Evil Eight moments? Uh, probably just if you're going for like what was trying to be like the emotional impact. He gives his daughter to Chris, and then he realizes he's not making out of this alive. Oh, okay, but what sense. about when he says punt boulder punching? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh yeah. I think we had a. I think no, we, oh, we when had Heisenberg a, calls Chris a boulder punching asshole, is that what it, yeah, we're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that would be good if we if we had a maybe a future category could be like uh, best callback or Easter best, egg, best one liner, best one liner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a good one. 
That that game is full of great moments. Yeah, that's gonna be hard to to narrow yeah, down. Be, yeah, these. hard to talk. It's gonna that. be tough. Um, we'll keep them all in mind for now. I have a couple throwaway ones. Uh, remember Me that too. game, Outriders? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The There's things. a moment in Outriders where your main character plays Russian roulette with this dude. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And like some dudes, like oh, this guy, he's 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 has like a death warrant out for me i need you to help me so you go talk to this dude and he wants to play russian roulette with you uh and obviously this dude's a scammer so the game is rigged you as the player who's this like immortal god thing uh you spin the barrel to the gun and you lock it in place and you shoot yourself and the bullet goes through your head and you fall down and you die and the guy starts laughing and like cackling and then you like pick yourself up and you're like your turn and you slide the gun to him because the, the gun is fully loaded and he just makes the, the other person always go first um so then the dude shoots himself in the head and kills him and that's how that mission ends that's fine. which is a pretty incredible that's moment awesome that's pretty great uh, i have a similar th- kind of thing from it takes two in the th- i don't know if you got to the tree level jeff you know, with the squirrels no it's like the third level. The culmination of that level is you are flying on a toy plane that uh, the wife is piloting. Or no, the husband is piloting. And you, as the wife character, play a mock version of a fighting game against a squirrel. <laughs> and the battle ends by you suplexing the squirrel. <laughs> what? Okay. I love it's that. so cool. I kind of feel like I need to go play this game. It's awesome, dude. Like... <laughs> It might have surprised me that it won Game of the Year, but it deserves it, honestly. It's, it was an awesome game. And you get to suplex a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. I think I didn't even know that was a thing, but I think suplexing a squirrel definitely has to go on this list somewhere. Yeah, it just that, does. that sounds pretty incredible. Uh, <laughs> one, of, one of my other throwaway ones is uh, in Ratchet and Clank. There's like this big explosion where this like big monster shows up and then Clank just goes, holy shit, but it bleeps out the shit. (laughs) (laughs) That that really got me. (laughs) That's pretty good, too. Uh, I also have all of Inscription on here. It's like I can't pick a single moment from that, so I feel like it's going to be just just the game. My my single moment from that game would be wait. Does Adam wanna and Tikan wanna remove themselves? I I have a I have. it's It's not really spoilery, I guess. It kind of like kind of. I don't know. I'll just def- I can just deafen myself. All That's right. fair. What do you got? I'm waiting. Yeah, he's deafened now. So my the it's new game. Oh, oh yeah, the new game moment. That was yeah. that was cool. That I think is the single most definitive moment. Of, yeah. Of that. Yeah. Me. Yeah, that was pretty but, good. But all of it is also a good all of inscription indication. <laughs> yeah. The best moment of the year. All of inscription. Um, There's so many moments in that game that are just like. Wow, um, is it is it safe? We're, we're done. Safe? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, only thing left on my list that we haven't talked about is the jukebox from Back for Blood. I have that on my list. That is one hundred percent. That moment is so fucking. That fun. sequence. I've played that sequence probably five times, and each time it fills me with immense joy. Yeah. Uh, so that's that last one from me there. Anyone have anything else that we haven't talked about? Yeah, because so, we haven't even started narrowing these down yet. I have a couple. Um, I, oh, have... I have one more on my list too that I missed. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. The final loop in Death Loop. When it all comes together and you. Do oh it, yeah, like the final loop. loop. You do well, that yep. final loop where you beat it. That was yeah. so satisfying. 
I very much was like, you get the little cut scene, like here's the plan. And it like goes through everything you need to do. Yeah. I, it's kind of like the, yes, I figured it out moment. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed that. That, that was cool. Okay. Uh, I have a kind of a throwaway one because it's very like very random that it happened and very circumstantial. But the first time I loaded up Guardians of the Galaxy, my menu music was never going to give you up, and I <laughs> I died laughing. <laughs> so the game just, rolled you. I wanted to throw that out there. Um, I think that the end of Act One in Returnal was so incredible. Yeah. What defines the like the end of that first level after you beat the? No, so I just like so it's the end of the third level. Okay, you can spoil yeah. it because I'm never gonna get there. It's well, so it's like you beat the third boss in a cutscene place. Okay, it's kind of it's it's very similar to the end of Act One in Inscription. Yeah, yeah. Oh, how I felt about it. Yeah. So it like turns it into a whole new thing where it like entirely warps your perception of the game. Yeah. Oh, I, I guess I'll need to look that up. For sure. It's like, I don't know how, how, again, this is a very spoilery thing. I'm never going to get there. I'll, I probably won't play enough Returnal ever again to get to Adam that point, and, so feel free. Adam and Tikon? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. All right, spoilers for Returnal. So basically, you beat the boss, right? And you re, and like you get, you achieve your objective, you fly back home, you get rescued, you live out the rest of your life, and you die. And like this whole cutscene plays where, uh, what's the character's name? Celine. Oh god. Yeah, uh, yeah, Celine. Where Celine lives out the rest of her life, becomes an old woman and dies. And then you wake up back on the planet. Oh no. <laughs> oh, and fuck. like yeah. It's insane. And then it's like oh. but the planet is different. The the second act of Returnal is like like <laughs> the biomes are all different. Biomes. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That's brutal. It was god. yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> I like that. Wow. It's kind of fucked. That is yeah, really fucked. <laughs> All right. Anything else, Sandra, on your list? Um. Oh, that's right. Uh, the other two I had were uh some story revelations from Forgotten City. Okay. So I the specifically the ending of Forgotten City. Okay. Is is like I think it's the true ending of that game is is pretty perfect narratively, but maybe we can save that for best narrative mm. potentially. Uh, and there was one other moment the uh the karen revelation yeah that uh, i was like oh my god yeah that's pretty fun <laughs> how did i not see that <laughs> so those are my two i don't know derek if you think that those should make it i'll have to think on it how is true is the forgotten city to the skyrim mod i don't think i anyone here i've played the skyrim never mod. played the skyrim mod but I, i'm pretty um, sure it's the same thing is it? Right. It's just, I played, it's just made I played into the Skyrim it. mod like a couple years ago, and it was really good. It's just using Greek lore instead yeah. of Skyrim lore, I think. Yeah. Or is it Greek? Yeah. It's it's a lot of lore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a lot. Yeah, it's, just, it's just more. It's made it to its own standalone polished video game. Derek, do you have moments that you want to talk yeah. about? So I think uh, my my unfortunate one of them is from Hitman. Uh, the murder mystery level uh, mm, is I've probably one of about that. the coolest missions I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had so much fun with that that level. Uh, it's yeah, it's definitely one of my most memorable moments, especially when I got so caught up in it that I solved the mystery and then forgot I needed to kill to kill the woman. a guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh and then uh the one the one of the levels in in psychodots 2 where uh you're you're gathering back together the band and it's like this whole like psychedelic experience and there's like this psychedelic rock in the background and you're just like running around with jack black who's playing like basically like this infant or like dead mo- dead brain that's like refiguring out life. Uh, that was that's a super awesome level and like yeah the 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 psychedelic uh, character. I don't know. It was just a very cool uh, very cool level. All right. I always love Jack Black. <laughs> uh, all right. Is there anything anyone hasn't mentioned? Because we have a fucking lot of trimming to do. Yeah. That was all everything I had. Yeah, so I think I, I kind of think we got to pick just oh something from Metroid Dread and something from uh, Resident Evil. Yeah, I would I would feel better if we don't pick multiple things from multiple games or from yeah, the exactly. same game. That's, like, we that's gotta, right we gotta get, get um, the one. So Metroid in particular, I thought the best moment was when you become a Metroid. Yeah, that I, was pretty dope. <laughs> okay, so I think we can all definitively right, put that on this list. We all felt very strong about Resident Evil 8. What moment do we think was the best? The baby one sticks the most in my mind, but I don't know if that was the best moment. Like, I really... That was shocking. I, th- I kind of think the better moment is uh, like learning that Ethan's been dead the entire time because like, that's not just a thing for that game. That retroactively applies to 7. <sighs> See, my which favorite... Is also true my favorite is probably the chris redfield thing because that was the biggest shock and like i had no idea no one knew you're gonna play as chris redfield and just like you've been struggled through this whole game and then you just start murdering everything with assault i gotta admit that was a good that was a good feeling like spend the entire game thinking like you know my favorite was when ethan's hand got cut off and he reattached it (laughs) but he did that in the first he did that in the first he did that in seven as well yeah but i i've explained this before i did not get that cutscene in the first. Yeah, game. which is crazy. Oh um, yeah, I forgot about oh, that. Oh yeah, he rehashes the leg. Derek and Tika, yeah, what are you, what are your thoughts here? I would go with the Chris. Chris Redfield. Part. Yeah. Yeah, the Chris Redfield was a lot of fun. And we think all of those, or one of those, is is definitively above something like the end of Returnal or Inscriptions Act One, Act Ones. Oh, I would put playing as Chris Redfield as like super high on this list personally. Really? Yeah. I think you will find throughout the rest of this episode, Andrew, that we are all fairly high on Resident Evil 8 compared to you. I I knew that, but <laughs> but even like even higher than like, would you? Here's my question then: If we were to put that on this list, would you put the end of Act, Inscription Act One at above one of the other ones on this list? I would not see. Currently? I wouldn't put any one thing from Inscription over this list. It's like the entirety of Inscription is the best part. You know, it's a cohesive, insane thing. If anything, the one thing from Inscription that was the best moment was the Luke Carter stuff in my mind. That's true. But um, again, that is just like a whole package of crazy as opposed to individual (laughs) moments. A vintage pack. (laughs) A vintage pack of inscription. Um, so you've written down Suplex's Quarrel. Uh, the ju- <laughs> I mean, yeah. The that jukebox was a, fight. The final loop. 
uh, becoming a Metroid. And Chris, I Chris would. Renfield. I would. I would uh, fight hard for an end of Returnal Act One. I it think, was pretty yeah. mind blowing to me. I didn't get there. What you explained is kind of insane. Um, I feel strongly about the final loop from Death Loop being on there. That was probably one yeah, of the most. I can, get, I can get behind that. One of the most satisfying things of the year for me. Um, I would be. I would be willing to sacrifice suplexing a squirrel i think for, <laughs> for, for returnal actual we can moment we can uh we can just acknowledge how great of a sentence that is <laughs> uh, <laughs> best thing you've gotten to say you've done in a game perhaps i'm watching the for clip sure. now she doesn't even suplex him she throws him up in the air and does like yeah. a power dive with him <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like seismic toss from yeah, Pokemon. Yeah, she seismic tosses a squirrel. Um, <laughs> that might be even better than suplexing a squirrel. So, do we feel strongly about the jukebox battle from Back for Blood? I feel strongly about it. Yeah. Okay. So then, is this list jukebox battle, final loop, becoming a Metroid, Chris Redfield, and Act One of End of Act One of Returnal? Uh, that sounds good to me. Yeah, that, that works for me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I That's feel a great like list. We talked about a lot of things, but yeah, that that all sounds pretty good to me. Um, shout out to that game of Russian Roulette and Outsiders, a game that no one's talking about <laughs> in any writers. other aspect for Game of the Year. <laughs> all right, cool. We are moving. Oh, so yeah, best moment. Our, our uh, nominations are Returnal, the end of Act 1, the jukebox battle from Back for Blood, the final loop in Death Loop, becoming a Metroid in Metroid Dread, and the Chris Redfield uh battle in resident evil village now we are moving on to best new character the most captivating and unique character introduced to a game or series this year luke carter luke carter, <laughs> luke carter for sure uh yeah, i mean maybe sure no objections luke, for sure maybe uh adam, uh, yeah, adam i mean i'm not totally sold on it yet put him in in italics that's true jeff thank you what? You said Returnal. <laughs> Sorry. What did I inscription? say? Oh, at, Adam, inscription. Uh, Where, what, what's okay? Just before we get further on this, what systems is it on? Where, where am I, PC where am I only. looking? PC. PC only? Yeah. yeah. Easy enough. It's, it's on it's Steam? Worth it. Yep. Oh, yeah. It was on sale like a week ago. Uh, I'm going to check. It's, if not, it's like 20 bucks anyways. Oh, that's not bad. No. Uh, so I wrote down any of the visionaries from Deathloop, they were all so unique and fun. I would say Juliana. I also have Juliana. Yeah, yeah Juliana herself. I would say Juliana over uh, any of the visionaries themselves. And Colt. I think Colt came became pretty one note, like halfway through the game, whereas Juliana yeah, he got kinda... more, and more interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel throughout the course of the game, like Juliana, Juliana's character has such clear layers to her, and you don't really see those pay off until you play through it and up until then not only is she a badass but like it's just so interesting trying to figure her out right mm. yeah i really i really liked the mystery of juliana and the way she interacted with cult um yeah. i thought it was very, very cool uh derek can you help me back up elvis from bravely default 2 <laughs> Uh, Elvis is pretty cool. He's pretty cool. He wears a top yeah. hat. He's got this thick Irish accent, and he's just like all-knowing wizard guy who everybody loves. He's like the guy at the bar who buys everyone a drinks, and he's like their best friend. 
Elvis yeah, was awesome. He's pretty cool. I liked Elvis. I really All liked right, Elvis. Derek, can you help me back up Galerius from Forgotten City? Which one was Galerius? Galer- Galerius, Galerius is, is the... the first dude you meet. Yeah, oh. the first. The bald guy, the, the, the workhorse of like, yeah. This is yeah. a time loop. I've done all this. Go tell this person this, and go tell this person this, and save this person from this. And do yeah, and he's like, and he he's was like, like okay. okay. He was like, all right, all right, I'll I, go I, do it. I loved Galerius. It was he, it's such an interesting workaround for a time loop game. I know yeah. it, it worked so well. I was it so concerned. Like, like me, how, but... how are you supposed to do all of this stuff? Like right? and talk to all these people and inform all these things and like without accidentally breaking the time loop and then you do it and it's like oh I can just tell him to do everything. And then it loops back around to like working in your favor for the plot. It's awesome. Yeah, I as I, it didn't work for me, but I could easily give that up for you. I love Galerius. I will put it in <laughs> italics. Um. We had talked about it in best acting, but I I really like the weapon. The I, weapon, yeah. I think I, I think the weapon is a good for new character. I think the way she interacts with Master Chief opens up a side of him that we don't see in any other Halo game, and I think it's really cool. And I think she's such a fun companion compared to Cortana that uh, she's definitely my favorite, one of my favorite characters of the year. Um. What about Celine from Returnal? I thought she was really whiny and annoying, but yeah, I also didn't get crazy far in that game. That's true. So I don't know if she changes at all, but it was just always like, oh, aliens, oh, space, oh, this house, oh. That was my I, I just personally found her arc to be really compelling, especially once you get into some of the late game stuff and the revelations and finding out more about her, like her and her past and her overall characterization, I found it to be very interesting. And uh, the, like, just the, like, her character is so central to the game's plot that it it really coalesces very, very nicely. What are your thoughts on that, Derek? As the uh, other person who put a lot of time into Return? Yeah, I, I mean, I think she's an, an interesting character. And, and, yeah, you do, like, you learn a lot about who she is as a character as a person like throughout the game and it kind of like expand makes that like the ending even more like oh like this is what's going on kind of thing uh depending on how you i guess you interpret it um yeah i i mean i i would vote for for celine all right if you two think i'm i'm fine with getting rid of ellis I thought he was fun, but, like, I don't think I could convince you Elvis over Celine, and there's... I wouldn't want to get rid of any of the other... I mean, I would get rid of Galerius, but I know you also don't want to get rid of Galerius. Um, I did want to bring up Rivet. I, I had Rivet on my list. I think she's really cool and fun, and she... The way she interacts with Ratchet and Clank and the girl robot whose name I can't remember. Kit? Yes. Yeah. Um, mm. I thought she interacted with all the other characters in that world in an interesting way that no one else did. And it like gave perspective to the other characters. Like, cause the whole like gimmick of like, Oh, I don't have an arm, but I'm the happiest person that you'll meet. And I'm killing all the bad guys while I'm at it. I, I really liked what they did with her. Um, yeah. Again, like, I would similar to 
I I just want to quick throw in uh, similar to Elvis for you, Zenkichi for me from Persona Five oh, Strikers. Yeah, he I, I didn't get to him. Awesome, he's so cool. He's like he's this character that you meet, and he's like this. He's a he works for not the CIA, but like some federal agency, right? Where he's a detective, and he's trying to. He's like working with the Phantom Thieves to try and uh, like help them solve these crimes because new crimes are popping up. But he's also like as a double agent trying to find encrypting evidence on you. Um, but like he's just such a bro, <laughs> and like all of his voice lines are great. That like eventually they like show they like tell him secrets and shit, and he's and the way he reacts to that is always hilarious. And then like his arc is actually really compelling as well. So. I liked him a lot, but that's he more mostly a just a nod. Yeah, should we send off him and Elvis I, together? I, think I can I can handshake on that. Okay, uh, that's all the ones I have written down. Wait, is there any Resident Evil Village characters? Any of like Lady D, Heisenberg? I, I maybe Heisenberg. I, Heisenberg was interesting because he was he's one of the few like villains i can think of in recent years who's who actually like tells the protagonist like yeah like yo i hate my boss want to help me overthrow her yeah which I is really, like, in, 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 like an interesting i really liked thing the about way, it I, yeah i really liked the way that he interacted with ethan up until the point where you fight him and he turns into a giant magnet monster <laughs> and it like it almost completely removes all of the actual like dread and fear I felt talking to him throughout the game because mm -hmm. then it just turned into some another monster oh, fight. Yeah, just a bit, not just another big guy. That's fair. Uh, another character uh, similar to Elvis and the Persona Five guy was uh that that Reaper from Neo: The World Ends with You. I thought she was awesome. She was the most interesting part of that game. Mm -hmm. Um. The the uh, emo one, the yeah, main character. the one with the cat ears. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna go more into that because no one knows anything about her. But I thought she was really cool and was the. I know about her. She's cool. She was the coolest part of that game for sure. Oh, for sure. Uh, all right. We need to do some narrowing down because right now we have Luke Carter, Juliana, Galerius, the Weapon, and uh, then Celine. The other one. So, did we want to throw in? Any of the people from Resident Evil 8, or were we happy with this list? Well, what about Rivet? Too? Oh, and Is Rivet. That... I think Celine's spelled with a C. Uh, I can double check on that, but I think sure. it is, yeah. Uh, I would put Rivet over Galerius, personally. No, it's an S. Oh, no, it's an S. Weird. Yeah. Celine Dion is with a C. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, mm. I, would, I would put Rivet over Galerius, but I, again, Andrew... And Derek, I'm uh, curious as your opinions here. I, I would too, but that's just because I didn't play Forgotten City. Well, what was the Galerius equivalent in the Skyrim mod? Was there one? Was there two? It's been a long time since I've played it. I don't really remember. Uh, it's on Game Plus. You should play the new one. I could put Rivet over Galerius. I thought yeah, she was, I, I, I think thought so too. Galerius was like a fun mechanic to make that game work, whereas Rivet was actually an interesting character and an important part of the story. That's true. Well, Galerius is an important part of the story as well. But he doesn't have to be, because he wasn't in my playthrough. Really? 
Yeah. Oh, because you didn't get the true ending. I no, I watched the true ending online. Gotcha. So, but that's my take. So I'll let Derek and Andrew, <laughs> you guys can decide between the two. What do you think, Derek? Uh, I think I think Rivet. Yeah, I'm fine with that. All right. Then these are the nominations for best Sweet. new character. We have Luke Carter from Inscription, Juliana from Deathloop, Rivet from Ratchet and Clank, Celine from Returnal, and the Weapon from Halo Infinite. <sighs> Whew. We're doing it. We're we're more than halfway through. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. How many do we have left? Uh, we got Eight. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, not bad. All right. Well, seven and game of the year. Soundtrack, writing, art direction, graphics, narrative, game field, game direction. Oh, go to yeah, game of the year. Eight. Uh, all right. Best soundtrack. Okay. <laughs> this is one, this one's gonna be tough. I think it was a very sure. good year for soundtracks. So before we before we start like seriously nominating stuff, I have a question or I want to pose your guys' opinions on Guardians of the Galaxy. I would like to not include it because it's just licensed music from the '80s and everything. Yeah, that's, it's nothing. Everything that's not that is forgettable. Okay, that's how Fair I enough. personally Wait. feel. It's like, yeah, no, do I we need to give "Take on Me" by Aha an award? <laughs> <laughs> no we do not. uh yes but not in this case <laughs> okay cool that's how i feel about it personally i i oh, think yeah, that's i agree all right cool uh right off the bat i want to talk about two jrpgs that have banging ass soundtracks which are neo the world ends with you and persona 5 strikers yeah those, those have to i be can get down with both of those persona 5 strikers specifically has not only bop and new music but remixes of songs from the first game like this like up-tempo version of last surprise that's like more high octane and actiony yeah. it's slaps fucking incredible i think it absolutely needs to be on this list and there are some neo the world ends with you songs that i still sing in my head regularly really <laughs> they got stuck in my head so uh i think the music in both of those games are top notch i can get down with that okay um short list for now Andrew, you had mentioned Deathloop, or not Deathloop, Death's Door, Death's Door. and I went and yeah. listened to it, and I really liked Death Door's soundtrack. Yeah, it's, it's really nice good. music from what I've played so far. Um, It's super cool. I like the use of the piano and the wind instruments, personally. Big fan of those two things. Um, So that one was pretty high on my list. Yeah. Even above that, I would put Chicory. Chicory soundtrack I is composed by. Soundtrack, you should check some of it out because it's composed by Lena Rain. Oh, I love Lena Rain. Yeah. So yeah, you should definitely check it out. Okay. But that soundtrack is so whimsical and fun, but conversely dark and disturbing during some of the boss encounters. Okay. It is incredible. It's very good. Hmm. I I will definitely check that out if if we ends up on this list. For voting reasons yeah. um i put death loop on my list but the only thing that i can remember from death loop is yeah uh i couldn't there's some like upbeats it's got that like that like 60s set late 60s early 70s vibe to it that i really enjoyed um so i i feel like that one could be in italics for now yeah T-Con, you want to do your uh, Halo talk for this one? 
Oh, uh, I mean, isn't it mostly just it's just regular Halo music? Yeah, I think it does some new arrangements, and it does some it does some new arrangements of the older songs that are very interesting. Um, but it does just it, yeah, it's just Halo. I couldn't like. I couldn't start playing any new songs in my head from Halo Infinite, whereas in Halo 3, I feel like a lot of those songs are more memorable. I know Marty O'Donnell yeah. did not do this soundtrack. Um, I think this is the first Halo game he hasn't done it, right? Uh, no, he hasn't uh, done it sure. since 3. Uh, that's not true. I'm pretty he sure, yeah. he did Reach and 4. Oh, he would have done Reach, right? Yeah, I forgot about Reach. He hasn't done it since Reach. Okay. Um... So yeah, I I kind of also feel that way. There's nothing super special. It's still really good because it's Halo music. Oh yeah, it's like, exactly. It's yeah. like Star Wars movies, like like Episode Nine. The music's awesome. It's not like Duel of the Fates, but it's still good. Um, That's the only good thing about that movie. <laughs> uh, the other ones that I have on my list are Cyber Shadow, which I'm not super strong on, mm-hmm. but it is very classic eight bit jam and music you know very befitting of its game it really enhances the feel of that like the space that you put yourself in when you're playing that game because it takes you back to that era uh and the other one which i am much stronger on is ender lilies that game soundtrack perfectly accompanies the game Mm. and the the songs are very earwormy like they will stick in your head and you will start to hum along with them and they're all these like super somber melancholy piano pieces that super well fit with the game's atmosphere i did listen to some of ender lily's music and i wasn't as into it as i was with death store however if you're claiming that it it matches its atmosphere well and if like i'm losing something because it's not mirrored with the game then that's something that i obviously won't get um right but as standalones i like death door's music more personally yeah. Uh, Derek, we haven't heard from you at all yet. Uh, soundtrack wise, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I I really like uh, as minimal as it is. Uh, inscriptions. Soundtrack. I also I also liked inscriptions. I thought it had some like, like when he becomes the the fishmonger and it starts doing the ooh. Yeah, the the, like the subtle stuff. changes in in soundtrack like definitely add to the mysteriousness of everything and and yeah. the creepiness especially in the beginning when you're in the the cabin yeah uh but yeah i don't don't think there are any i I did like halo infinite uh fun fact the person who did the soundtracks for ori both ori's did halo infinite soundtrack oh gareth coker yeah nice nice that's pretty cool uh but yeah uh there was nothing else i don't think that really like Bloom and Returnal had like a pretty good soundtrack. I felt like I don't know yeah, nothing it, like blew it, me out of the water this year. Returnal Returnal's score I think was better because yeah. it, it again it was a very atmospheric game, so it it did well to supplement the gameplay. But I don't think it like it didn't stick out as much. Yeah, I, you guys are definitely more soundtrack people than <laughs> I think me. <laughs> yeah, so I think we can definitively have Persona Five. Strikers, Neo, the world ends with you, Death Store, and Chicory, and it's kind of just figuring out what that last game is. Okay, so um, I would I, advocate for Ender Lilies personally. 
Yeah, I thought it was it was decent. I actually did like Returnal soundtrack quite a bit. I thought it it's just that like creepy space vibe that I was going for. I I personally always gravitate towards that sound in general. Um but what about Loop Hero? Loop Hero's tunes are stuck in it's usually just the one song over and over. That's true. That's no yeah, that's fair. But it's a good song. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I re- that's the thing I remember about it. It's like I remember it being good. Yeah. Uh it plays that one song during the loop and then the one song when you're on the menu. Yeah. Um it's a banger, but yeah, it's just the one song. Unfortunately, Metroid is kind of forgettable. Yeah, like, I did not like the Metroid soundtrack very much. It's not that I didn't like it. I think it just it's like it doesn't have any of those classics that like Super Metroid has. Like you can remember, and I don't know if this is a lot because of uh like smash bros too but i very much remember the first level of super metroid like i know that tune and i don't know any tunes for metroid dread i think it has cool sound design which we don't have as a category which maybe we should have that as a category in the future Um, maybe but uh yeah uh honestly between all of these i would lean towards halo but if you think if you feel strongly about ender lilies then i i could easily give that up because uh, we got yeah i mean i do feel strongly about it but in this there's also like i mean this if ender lilies <laughs> were to make this list it would be the dream lineup for me like those would like <laughs> legit be my top five from the years so. i also think if ender lilies ends up on this list it's guaranteed to be last just based on the fact that no one has played it and well, like half of us haven't even heard of it that's um, yeah. yeah i'll probably all listen i mean to it yeah, I, yeah i my plan is to listen to all five soundtracks in full yeah i would do that too i don't know i but i would be willing to give it to halo i i would go halo over ender lilies that that sound listening to that soundtrack standalone didn't do a lot for me yeah so i definitely i also just strongly encourage you guys to play the game because it's awesome the art style in that game did not do it for me it looked really? like it looked like uh like HTML clip art game. Hmm. But I don't know. Maybe it plays better than it looks. Definitely. Alright. So our nominees for best soundtrack for the year are Persona Five Strikers, Neo the World Ends With You, Death Door, Chicory, and Halo Infinite. Alright, we got Best writing, the most well-articulated writing that enhances character interaction, dialogue, or is relevant to and expands the lore. I'm going to uh, start this off, and we got to put uh, Deathloop on there just for all the interactions between mm-hmm. Colt and Juliana. Yeah, I feel like this is going to be a sure. super stacked category this year. I feel like the writing this year was super high quality. Um, I agree. Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite. Oh. I, I think Derek's laughing because the cutscenes are bad, but the writing of like the Marines the, and the grunts the and grunts. Like everything around you. The the uh, propaganda towers are incredible. Have you gotten the one where he talks about awful. just one? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh we can we can uh, italicize Halo for there. Now. There are better written games than I think Halo, uh, Halo has Infinite. Some great writing, but also some bad writing. Whereas I think there's a lot of things on here that are good writing across the board. So we'll, we'll table Halo for now. Guardians, yeah. great Guard- writing. Guardians of the Galaxy is 
top notch. Psychonauts had great writing. Um, I don't know if you feel the same way, Derek. I thought yeah. it was like similar uh, to Guardians, where like the back and forth between all the characters was incredible. Uh, Ratchet yeah. and Clank also had some very good like yeah. character writing, back and forth stuff. Yeah, I thought it was good. Uh, this one is I I will advocate strongly for Ender Lilies in this case. Ender Lilies did not have much dialogue in the game. When it does, it's very well written. But the thing that makes it stand out is the amount of collect like collectible like lore, lore objects stuff. that you find in the world that are all just like written out diary entries and they all like service the story that you piece together by yourself similar to hollow knight almost mm. uh and they're all very well done so that's that's i think the strongest part of that game as a whole for me is it's writing all right how many do we have so far three and a half three and a half uh i thought loop hero had really good writing the whole like yeah. in between like anytime you would encounter a new monster and like the conversation the hero would have with like the harpies or the goblins or, like mm-hmm. and they're like dealing with like having no existence and then like this weird pocket dimension of existence and like trying to rebuild the universe i thought all of that was very interesting and well thought out <laughs> um what else was good this year I thought Returnal was very good too. Oh, like similar with like all the lore stuff that you. Yeah, find. well, yeah. Not only I think that Celine's voice lines were hit or miss, but I do think that the lore stuff was pretty great. Hmm. What about It Takes Two? Mm. No. Hmm. Mm, yeah, I mean it's. It's. I. I would like this. It's weird for me because it, I think the writing is passable to service the story, but the story is not good. Yeah. So. That's fair. And it's very, like, especially with Dr. Hakim, like, it's, uh, I, f- <laughs> I feel like a lot of the writing is very cliche and stereotypical. Mm. All right. So. So what do we, if like we called it here, we would have six. Does anyone else have anything else they wanted to bring up? Forgotten City. <laughs> I, think I'm, I think I'm good. I don't think it was good. Really? Yeah. I thought it was historically correct, but I thought it was, I'm going to be, I'm going to get this out of the way right now. I did not think that game was that interesting. And I thought it was okay, a, and that's okay. Yeah, I thought it was a very bland experience overall. Um, so none of it, and I think a lot of it was the performances were so stiff and weird, and the character models were also stiff and weird that none right. of it sold it on it for me. I think a lot of that was very intentional, but I can I can see where you're coming. I don't know if it was intentional. I think it was guy who made Skyrim mod wanted to make his own video game, and that's just like. Well, they, they put their focus into other areas of the game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't put it on here personally. If there's something else you would put. Uh... Yeah, no, I would put Ender Lilies above it. Ender Lilies and Returnal. Oh, wait, what about Inscription? All the stuff with, like, the cards, like the couple of cards y- y- that yeah. you talk. The stuff I that, what's just, this, yeah. that, like, Leshy and all the other scribes talk to you about the writing of luke 
I don't know. I could. I I would. I'll. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah. Okay. I think we can get rid of Halo Infinite at this point. I think the okay. grunts. Sorry, Tikon. The grunts are hysterical. The Marines are funny. It's fine. But I think there are better options. Yeah, that's more like background yeah. writing, not so much like a story writing. Well, yeah. I just I think it's important also for us to remember that best writing is not funniest writing. Yes. True. Um. Ooh, pardon okay. me. So, do we want this to be Inscription and Ender Lilies? I would I'm good with that. With that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That was pretty straightforward. Cool. I like that. All right. So, the nominees for best writing are Deathloop, Guardians of the Galaxy, Psychonauts 2, Inscription, and Ender Lilies. I'll have to do a lot of research on Ender Lilies for that one. All right. Uh, best art direction, the game with the most appealing and consistent style across its visual design. So I want to start this off. I know we have a rule that at least one core member of the GameSharks podcast had to have played this game for it to be eligible. However, I literally could not play this game. And I need to nominate this game because I think it has the most interesting art design out of anything this year. And that's Fantasian. The mobile Apple arcade game uh, that was made by the Final Fantasy guy. And he made 3D dioramas and did 360 photos of the dioramas. And the character models run around. Do you remember this? Oh, uh, yeah. Look up the pictures. Apple arcade game. Uh, I'm looking at pictures now and, and dang. It's it's incredible. It's like it's pretty, it's pretty such cool. a unique, cool thing. I want to play this game so bad, but it's only on Apple Arcade. And I feel like... Look at the detail and how cool that's, this is. That's pretty impressive, I gotta say. Yeah. I feel like this needs to be on this list. I really want to give it to you, but I also really don't want to break our own rule. Dude, yeah, I, I also agree with that. I promise you I would have played this game if I could. I just don't have a way to play it. That's fair, but I think the same thing goes for hey, Half-Life Alex, which got arguably snubbed from our nominations last year because none of us could play it. Yeah. Tikon could have played it. Do you have a, a Valve, a Steam thing? You can do uh, it on Oculus. It? No, you can't. Yeah, you could. Since when? Always. I thought, I thought you could only play it on like Valve's VR Index. You can use an Oculus. You could have yeah. it use your you a could, Rift S. You just, yeah, you, couldn't, you just couldn't use the uh, Quest. You could use a Rift, which Tikon had. Oh, oh, gotcha. I, see. I, I feel very, very, very strongly about this. Mm. I, I want to play this game so bad, and I just can't because I don't own an iPhone. And it's like, yeah, I, I'm, and it's like one of those things. Like, if download it, it right now. If it was a like, video, I could download it right this second and play and it, it for, free? And play for five seconds. No, it's not free. Yeah. I think it's like ten bucks uh, or something. It just says get. Does it say get? Um, get it. Get. Adam, get it I can, play I can it try it free. Be my loophole. Um, I I will allow it if that happens. <laughs> all right, Adam's downloading it. Uh, yeah, I feel so strongly about the way that this game looks. It is the most unique looking video game that has come out this year and in I a very long time. Fully agree with that. Right. But whether or not it breaks our rule is yet to be seen. <laughs> Adam. <laughs> Give me a second. <laughs> In the meantime, let's figure out some other games. Uh, I think that 
uh, Chicory's art direction has to be on this list. It's pretty cool. Um, it definitely it looks like a coloring book because which the is entire fun. point of the the point of the game is that it's a playable coloring book. So, I think that has to go on, especially because yeah. the art direction is what you make of it. Because the main point of the game mechanically is that you control a paintbrush and you can swap between colors, patterns, brush sizes, all of this shit, and it, and you use the color to solve puzzles in the world. So yeah. the art direction is literally the point of that game. Yeah, no, I can get behind that for sure. Um, I also think Ruin King look really cool. It's like hand-drawn art throughout the whole thing. Uh, almost like comic book style art. Uh, which I thought yeah. was very successful and looked very, very cool. I think art direction this year wasn't like a super strong category. Yeah, not not a like, lot. I'm of looking at a lot stuff. of my top games of the year, and it's like none of these were like visually distinct and interesting games. It's like Resident Evil. Yep, that's a Resident Evil game. Halo Infinite. Yep, that's a the Halo game. Metroid Dread. That's a Metroid game. You know. I would also advocate for Death's Door. Because Ooh, yes, I actually very 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 much like how that game looked. I was shocked with like yeah how yeah it, it looks. You know what it reminds me of? My uh, I was showing it to my roommate today, and he put it into words. It almost reminds you of the Ghibli movie. Interesting. Kind of. Yeah, it's like, it's like because well, the thing that the thing that it does so well is that the game is split into two distinct worlds, where one is the kind of like hell dimension that you work quote unquote at. So and that world is all monochromatic, very, very low uh, color scale. And then, conversely, in the main world, it's vibrant, bright colors. And so those, it's all very well done. Hmm. Yeah i I was surprised with how much I liked what was going on there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm playing Death Store, and it's really fun too. I thought you were about to say, yeah, I'm, I'm playing, playing Fantasia. <laughs> it's downloading. Your loophole is almost here. Nice. All you have to do is start the game. Um, That's true. Uh, I thought Deathloop looked kind of cool. Yeah, I I, I liked yeah. Deathloop. I, I specifically enjoy like all the, the funky effects with the powers. Mm. <clears throat> and then like the cutscenes like, in between that are like hand-drawn in like, like almost comic art book. style. Yeah, like comic book propaganda style. It yeah, was, yeah, I could get behind that. But almost like the way it was like, you could see it like being his cutouts on his like conspiracy board. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is kind of yeah. how I felt like the the flow chart in the pause menu was kind of listed as like yeah. this is this is your Charlie Day conspiracy chart. Like this is how everything connects. <laughs> which I think uh, just kind of. It, Who's the guy he's looking for? Oh, Pepe Silva. Pepe, Pepe Silva. Silva. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Classic. Um, what do you think about Returnal with its like, its, yeah, like alien I, style? Yeah. Well, I the thing that stands out to me the most with Returnal is its use of color, because so much of the overworld, especially in the first, all right, Fantasian is you, legit. You've done it. Fantasian <laughs> is eligible. <laughs> Thank you, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Wait, the hero. Is he playing it? Adam, yeah, I, I turned it on. Move your character you move to your the left. Around, yeah. Adam, show us gameplay, Adam. It's, it's loading. Show Give me a second. Uh, <laughs> new, new game. I, I just hit new game. There okay. We there we go. He's in. Let me borrow your iPhone for a bit. 
Sure. I'll come over one day. You can just borrow the phone. Just have Jin buy you one. Right? Someone's got to have an iPhone that they're not using lying around <laughs> that I can just play this game on. Uh, anyway, the uh, the first act of Returnal specifically, I think, really makes the color palette of that game pop because it is it's similar to Death's Door where the the overworld is so dark and gloomy, but then the enemy projectiles are so they pop so well because they're all these like bright purples and blues and reds yeah. and the the pickups you collect are these yellows and greens and purples and so like the things that are important in that game stand out so well and then when you get to the future biomes those are so visually distinct from one another because the art direction does such a good job of making that color difference i was sold once i saw that red desert i was like oh yo this is yeah. really cool yeah um i wish i played more of that game uh, There's still time. I had too many problems with it. They have save states now. That wasn't the only problem, but <laughs> get, um, just get good, Jeff. Come on. Okay, so we have a pretty we have a list here of Chicory, Death Store, Death Loop, Returnal, and Fantasian. Is there anything else that that's, that's solid that anyone thinks has a nothing shot that in? I feel I, nothing that I feel too strongly about. I would say Psychonauts too. Uh, I hate the way Psychonauts looks <laughs> so much. Wow. I think it looks terrible. And that... I know that's intentionally what it is supposed to be, but I just do not like the way that game looks. Yeah, I, I don't know. The visual design of all the like the worlds in people's minds is just always incredible. I, yeah, I like that. So I hate like the way Raz looks. Oh, uh, the, the people, yeah, they're the supposed to look, they look terrible. like uh, characters from like 90s cartoons yeah it's it i really hate it um i think like the level design stuff is cool and fun i wasn't a fan of like all the drawings just floating around the world yeah the the figments yeah yeah it just didn't do it for me does anyone else have feelings about psychonauts i don't think any of you played i've never actually played played it. it oh did you i don't have yeah i don't have strong feelings either way well i guess fantasian Derek, which of these would you replace? Okay, Derek, you have to give it to Fantasia. I would would replace Fantasia. You you would really take that off this list? I would take it off the list. All right, then we're not putting on uh, (laughs) Psychonauts 2. I'm sorry. (laughs) Fantasia is the coolest game. I hope you never play this game. (laughs) Wow. If it comes to literally anything but iPhone, I will play it. Because I have access to everything else. I oh look, I'm in. Gets delayed here, here you go, Derek. I think I'm in combat now. Oh, yeah, there's uh, like a. There, there you go, gameplay. Well, I'm glad Adam is playing it. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, like, here, just, just don't talk to me, guys. I'm playing Fantasian now. All right. There, are inside Jeff, there are two wolves. One, ecstatic that Fantasian got nominated. Two, jealous as all hell that Adam is playing that game. <laughs> I'm a little upset. I'm very happy. Uh, all right. Yeah, I'll t- to tell you what, Jeff. I'll let you know how it is, and then one day I'll come over and let you play. You've got a month before I cancel the I, free trial of this. I think my mom might have an old iPhone lying around their house. I'll just take that and play it through there. Um, um, yeah. The only right. other game that I could see potentially usurping anything is Kina. But even then, as beautiful as it is, it doesn't really do anything special I yeah I wouldn't I it was on my list of ones to talk about and after thinking about it I don't think it's it's good for art direction but I definitely think in the next category graphics and animation that it it should be on the list okay 
Well, um, then, if we're good with these five, then we can just right, go right So, our nominations for Best Art Direction are Chicory, Death's Door, Deathloop, Returnal, and Fantasian. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. This whole night is a win. Uh, all right. Our next category, Best Graphics Slash Animations, the game that achieves the highest quality of technical and graphical fidelity of its characters and locations. I, yeah, I think Kina, Bridge of Spirits, has to be on here. I also um, think Ratchet and Clank has to be on here. Yes, I think yeah, those are like the two prettiest games. And like I th- I talked about this when the new generation of consoles were were launching, launching that games that are cartoony like that are going to farly superiorly surpass uh games that are trying to have a realistic thing. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if you look you at Resident get- Evil Village like no realistic yeah uh uh ratchet and clank will always look nicer than resident evil village Mm -hmm. just because of what they're trying to represent um so i about go ahead oh uh, i was gonna say metroid especially on the oled switch yeah I, I was thinking Metroid 2. It's not like, obviously, it's not 4K. It's not the crispest looking images, but what the models themselves are, I think, are really nice. And the fact that this category is graphics and animation, I think the animations in Metroid yeah. are incredible. Like the subtleties of what Samus is doing, like when she, like, like you go up against a wall and the way she, like, puts her hands up against it, or like uh, in the scene where you first see Kraid and just the casually, her, like, like, charging her gun without flinching or like doing any sudden movements i think yeah the animations of that game are pretty incredible okay yeah returnal yeah returnal is one of the prettiest looking games okay. this year too yeah sure <laughs> i think i think technically and like yeah, that's more of a technical game too of just like looking really really cool forza uh, i was gonna say forza, I, I well, yeah. forza yeah that has to be on there that looks like real life <laughs> <laughs> all right well that's five right there is there anything else i think halo looks really really nice i don't know if i put halo over any of these games i don't know what anyone else's thoughts on that are yeah no i don't think i would put it over any of these five either and i didn't really have any others so yeah the only one that i had left was halo Derek, okay thoughts uh yeah i don't think I think Halo looks okay. Okay. Then I think... Great. <laughs> that's it. That was really, really easy. Uh, all right. Our nominees for Best Graphics Slash Animation are Canna Bridge of Spirits, Ratchet & Clank, Rift Apart, Metroid, Dread, Returnal, and Forza Horizon 5. Whoop. Okay. We are on to Best Narrative. And I want to start off by saying I think this was a very weak year for narratives in video games. I agree with that. I don't think there's a lot of really strong contenders. Yeah, the, Guardians the, the of ones. the Galaxy. I think Guardians. I'll give you that. I think Guardians is an easy one. I think. Yes, Gar- I I think. Oh, ah. Uh, <laughs> I think Guardians. The story is what pushes that game forward. I think the gameplay in that game is actually kind of boring. Um, and the only thing that kept me interested was its story. So I think that definitely deserves to be under yeah. this narrative. I've been meaning to, if I don't go back to play it, at least look up the story on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think the story of Deathloop was anything interesting. I thought the character dynamics were interesting, but like I didn't care about the overarching story, and it super drops the ball at the end of that game. Yeah, I think I was, I was super interested, but it, they didn't actually take it anywhere. Yeah. 
and like there were revelations where I was like, oh, awesome, like that's super cool. I can't wait to see where this goes, and then it didn't. Yeah, um, that's fair. Uh, I think uh, just because of the word "well paced," that Resident Evil Village should be in here because i think narratively it's extremely well paced even though even though the actual content so in the world if you take it, like, it at face value of being a b-level horror campy movie it's incredible yeah i think it accomplishes what its narrative is trying to do and do you think, does here, it here's the thing though so well wait hang on we didn't read the definition for best narrative the game oh, okay. that delivered the most well-paced and engaging story throughout its gameplay derek has a point that game is very well-paced the game is well-paced sure but but the the story was not engaging at all for me I think I, you're I, check, the I completely checked out after like the first area. I think you're the outlier. Here I, I think you're an outlier I agree. here. Unfortunately, where I, I'm, I'm trying to. I have to make a stand somewhere. <laughs> this is it. Uh, I think that that I'm not totally convinced that Resident it, Evil Village intentionally has a, such a bad story. I think it is like I legit think that they are trying to like have a good story and are just not. I think they fully embraced the campiness. Uh, that's the vibe I'm getting. I, yeah, that's the vibe I believe all they, Resident they Evil games had. Think about it. Like, for their marketing, they dove into, like, for the first few months of the existence of that game, we thought Lady Dimitrice, the internet's new favorite horny vampire GF, was going to be, like, the main point of the game. Hmm. And then I, it's not really where it went. I really want to agree with you, and in the end, I will buckle, but I just need it to be known. <laughs> that you don't agree? <laughs> that I, I right. fully disagree. Put it at the end of the list in <laughs> italics, and we'll get back to it. And I will unitalicize it in five minutes. Uh, I think Inscription does some really cool stuff with its story. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Okay, that, enough said. Don't need to go into detail. Go play Inscription. Well, what about Adam and Tcon? Do they agree about this game they've never played? Yeah, you know, I think I concur. Yeah. I got a Steam, you guys Steam have, gift you guys, card. I'll buy it. You guys have been yeah. raving about T-Con. it. I'm probably going to play it. Tikon, you love Slay the Spire? I did, actually, yeah. You'll love Though I never, I never did Slay the Spire, but... You'll love Inscription. It's really good. All right. All um, right. And I know that you're going to hard disagree with this, Jeff, but the Forgotten City was... I don't hard awesome. disagree with that. I think, really? I think... That is its only... I didn't like the way it presented what it was doing. I think, overall, its idea was cool. I just didn't like playing the game itself and yeah, the way going about learning this story. But I will okay. give it to you. The overall idea of this, the Forgotten City and the Golden Rule, I thought all of that was interesting. Yeah, I thought it was very well paced, and it. I personally was engaged the whole way through, I think... Each revelation had me like like there were some that made me actually yell out loud like holy shit <laughs> and and I think like I said I mentioned it earlier but I think the ending the true ending was was pretty perfect for that, uh, for that. yeah it will surprise you but I wrote that down on my list because okay. again this was a very weak year for stories in video games very that is fair um what are our thoughts on Metroid albeit subtle I thought it was interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, again, weak year for for narratives and video games. I think we're getting there was a low, but I think of everything we're getting next year, like just these big story driven yeah. games. Yeah, so I think I think it'll be worth the the drought. I like 
that Metroid actually committed to being the finale of the Samus Aran story. Yeah, uh, the Metroid story. Like, Samus may go on to do other things, but the Metroids, that whole thing is done. Yeah, but I feel as though over the last few decades that that story has been a little bit messy in each iteration of Metroid, like, whatever the fuck Other M was doing. Yeah, unfortunately, Other M was canon. Yeah, so... It happened. I'm not. I'm also not sure how I feel about its big reveal. At like, like, like. I mean, the spoiler ban is lifted at this point, so I, I'm not sure how I feel about the whole like that guy is Samus's dad thing. What? Like, she, like, she, like he referred to her as his daughter, Ravenbeak. Ravenbeak? Yeah, he's he's not her actual dad. Uh, no, not no, biological, like, obviously. Yeah, but like the the Chozo part of the Chozo DNA that she has came from him. Yeah, yeah, that all felt is, a little weird to me. A little bit weird. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Again, weak year, so I'm just kind of like throwing things out there. I think a solid fallback, if we can't think of anything else, I think Ruin King has a very solid story. Uh, okay. I fell off that game because I feel like its mechanics, uh, while started interesting, stayed the same. Like I, I did the same actions with the same three characters for every single fight because it works so well and I didn't need to change anything up. So I fell off it because of that, but I was interested in the story they were telling. Um, and like, that was another game where it, I feel like the interactions between the characters were interesting and what was going on with the shadow Isles and gangplank coming back from the dead and all that stuff was actually very cool. Um, that's what I got. Okay. Um, else? Oh, wait, Derek, you finished Halo. How is the story? Try not to spoil it because Tikon and I both haven't finished it and are very passionate about that. Uh, it's better than five. Okay. Uh, Do you think it belongs uh, on this list? Difficult. No, it does okay. not belong on this list. The Yeah, the overall narrative of Halo Infinite, uh, I feel like almost doesn't exist. Okay. <laughs> there almost isn't a narrative. The, I mean, I, it's not what's pushing me through that game. That's for sure. The other two games that I have on my personal list are Chicory, mm-hmm. which none of you played, so it'll be hard to really push for it. But I, the story deals with a lot of themes of creators and artists and the struggles that come with that and like the, the mental weight of that. And so I thought that that was pretty cool. Uh, and then the other one is Returnal, which I think is hit or miss for some people. But I think in the end, once you have all of the pieces of Returnal, the I love that it is up for interpretation, and that like they're like the the game tells its story and presents it very vaguely, right? Like I, after beating the game, still really had no idea what was going on. But then, from what I was able to piece together with those puzzle pieces they gave me, I thought it was really cool in the end. So. I had I didn't get far enough in it to have a say, yeah. so you're gonna have to need Derek's uh, to back you up on that one. Yeah, I I mean I I think it is interesting, and I I think I would put it on this list if there wasn't something. Is there something going in this fourth spot, or do we not have anything in Currently the fourth no. spot? Currently no. Currently no. And okay. I I feel like at this point we should keep Resident Evil Eight. I don't feel oh, strong. I will give it to you. Okay. Like I said. <laughs> um. Has it been exactly five minutes? So what are we what are we in between Chicory, Returnal, Ruin King? Is that it? 
I think so. Kind of the best ones we had. Flip honestly. a three-sided coin. You know, I feel like um, it's pretty spread out. Returnal is the only one that more than one person played. Yeah, um, I feel more strongly about Returnal than I do Chicory. I will say for Ruin King, think about all like the lore from the the League of Legends world. Yeah, and like how awesome and cool and in depth all that is, and it's just fleshed out even more. Uh, it is really, really cool, especially Andrew and Adam as League of Legends fans. I think you would really dig yeah. it. Um, but it's on my list to get to eventually. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm personally fine with I. I didn't think Returnal was doing anything interesting, but I also didn't get very far. I thought it was inter- like yeah, the only it really thing that gives int- you a lot of pieces in the second act. Yeah, I was gonna say the only thing that intrigued me at all was the house and like the astronaut. I didn't figure out. Yeah, what any of that I mean was that like. that is what all the story is, and you get a new one of those every time you reach a new biome. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So I'll I'll kind of let you guys decide. It's tough because yeah, I would both... put Returnal. All right, go for it. Do it. For the third category in a row in the fourth slot, Returnal. <laughs> I want to switch some of these around. Um, all right. So our nominations for Best Narrative are Guardians of the Galaxy, Inscription, The Forgotten City, Returnal, and Resident Evil Village. Whew, we got three categories left. These are the three big ones, I feel. Everybody knows that gameplay is king. And this next category is best game feel the game that offers the most consistently satisfying and intuitive input and response with its design the grappling hook in halo infinite uh, is, yep. is the the greatest thing in video games since climbing anything in breath of the wild wow that's that's a big uh it's a big claim it's a game changer like it- it really yeah. is. Oh, yeah. Like I see my roommate playing it all the time. It, he he says the grappling hook is amazing. It'll be a staple in 3D first person shooters going forward. I wow. have not heard any single podcast or outlet or person not mention the grappling hook in Halo. It's so good. Perfect. <laughs> uh, so I guess Halo's on this list. Yeah, Halo absolutely sure. needs to be on this list. It, it was funny how everyone, when they first showed it, were like, oh, it's just like, it's the grappling hook in Doom Eternal. And it's hilarious. It just does so much more than what Doom Eternal ever did with the grappling hook. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> even, also- I'll even say, barring the grappling hook entirely, this is like, play, just playing the Halo multiplayer in, for me, felt monumentally better than any other Halo experience I've ever had. The thing that made me not like Halo's Halo 3 when I played the multiplayer and Halo 1 to an extent when I played the campaign with you is that it was so slow and clunky but mm. the just the addition of sprinting in this game does it alone for me and then add on top of that the just the gunplay mechanics they all really mesh together very nicely yeah I was going to bring that up right before you said that uh was just like yes grappling hook incredible genre defining but also the rest of the game feels so yeah, really good tight too. and smooth it's like the best shooter i've played in a very long time so halo infinite, absolutely on there uh adam i oh, oh sorry oh. if you want to yeah adam give me one uh i want to put returnal on there okay did you play returnal oh sorry yeah. i meant death loop <laughs> well <laughs> that's wow. funny. I don't know that's why. Funny I... Because I was gonna say Deathloop, but I was like, "Oh, he took Returnal from me." I'll, I'll, I'll give wow. it up. Wow, 
I, would, I don't know. I, well, I completely brain farted there. Yeah. I'm honestly, I'm fine with both of those. Yeah. <laughs> well, technically, like, and also technically, Adam, you did play a little bit of Returnal. I did play a little bit of Returnal, and that game did feel great. Let's talk about like, Deathloop first. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I want to put Deathloop on there because uh, two things. I didn't notice that it did. The game did have a little bit of aim assist in it. Which I don't know if you guys ever noticed that. Mm-hmm. Most most I always yeah. do. It takes me a while to notice aim assist all the time, but when I su- when I do finally notice it, I'm like, oh, I appreciate this. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So that, and combined with the fact that the game had uh, no difficulty settings, but rather adaptive difficulty, like the game just lets you feel like a badass because you're dying all these times going through the loops, and it, it always kind of puts you in that sweet spot of. This isn't too easy, but I also don't feel like I'm being overwhelmed. And if you keep dying a lot, the adaptive difficulty does, you know, reel it in a little bit. Mm. But yeah. overall, with like the movement and the different powers, like very dishonored, inspired, it just one hundred percent. Yeah, the game that's... just feels really great to play. And with the aim assist, you just feel like a badass. Yeah, that like... blink ability feels so good. Flinging people around is great. Uh, just the gunplay is all good. Yeah, that... I think just running and the climbing, the like the range in which it detects you climbing up onto another ledge is really generous, which makes the game feel way better because you just feel like a parkour god yeah. running around, jumping over stuff, and then shooting guys. It feels great. Yeah, like even in other games, like uh, I've been playing uh, Spider-Man lately. I finally got that for PlayStation. Awesome. And uh, yeah, even like sometimes like you get near a wall, there's like a little bit of brief lag that like really messes with your flow and Deathloop does not have that problem. Yeah, it's all like, very the, your movement is just unimpeded in that game and it feels great. All right, let's talk Super about Returnal smooth. then. Returnal's pretty great too. I think... The... Go ahead. I was, I was just going to say that the uh, the gunplay combined with the movement is awesome once you incorporate things like the dash the melee your uh power-up abilities that you get like eventually you get a grappling hook equivalent it's more like a, a hook shot less so than a grappling hook because you can only hook shot to anchored points um but that all combined with what the dual sense is doing is absolutely nuts because yeah, not it's only the dual does sense the dual of the year sense, yeah it really is the the one thing i want to highlight from it is your uh, special ability or whatever your I believe alt fire. it's yeah your alt fire um, when your alt fire is on cooldown the, you, there are three indicators to give you to let you know when it comes off of cooldown number one is visual where there's actually a, a like meter on screen that will refill number two is audio so it will go into your headphones come out of your TV or come out of your controller's speakers when it comes off a of cooldown, it plays a very distinct sound effect that you will learn over time, and your controller vibrates in a unique way. So, mm. yeah, and, all very, very good. And the alt fire being uh, to aim down sights, you can hip fire by just hitting right trigger. You can aim sound sights by pushing down the trigger halfway, and it has that that adaptive trigger lock. Uh, so, like, you go halfway, and then that's aim down sights. And then if you push it in all the way and get past that locked gate. Then it goes into your alt fire mode. That was another great use of uh, the dual sense, and I think yeah. it's a bit of a shame that this is the only game that did anything with it this year. I know, like nothing else did anything like this, and the potential of it's still so cool, and we're just not seeing anything. Oh, yeah, and, and this it is was what I was afraid of. And it was Ratchet wild. and Clank had had the same thing. It had alt fires uh, based on how far you pulled the trigger in. Did it? Did it? Yeah, I don't yeah. remember that. Every weapon had 
almost a different like firing pattern based on how far you pulled the trigger in. Hmm. Okay, I don't remember that at all. Oops. Yeah, but to that point, Jeff, it, like barring Ratchet and Clank, I suppose it's Re- Returnal came out in such a point where it was we were still looking for like the new big first true PS5 exclusive that really takes advantage of the of the hardware, and in a way, it did that. But it also left the door open for future entries mm. on the PS5 to really blow the doors open. And then since then, we have not gotten anything that compares. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a bummer. But hopefully in the upcoming year, hopefully Horizon does stuff with it. The problem is most of the games that are coming out for PS5 are still also coming out on PS4. Which yeah. does yeah, not have the dual sense. So it makes you wonder, are they not bothering with dual sense specific things because only a fraction of the user base is actually going to get to use that feature. I will I say that, yeah. uh, Gran Turismo would be real Ooh. awesome with Ooh. that. I'm really excited. I hope that they do some good things with it. Yeah, that would be cool. I will say that the Ghost of Tsushima director's cut did a very good job at that. Did it? Oh, I want to replay that game. I had to rush through the end of that game for the podcast, and I, like, I'm like, i sad about it. And I heard that the DLC is pretty good as well. Iki Island? Mm-hmm. Mm. Um... <laughs> So we have four right now. Uh, what was the fourth one? Halo, Death three, Loop, right? Returnal. Uh, oh, well, then I want to talk about Metroid because okay. that's this year's Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Because once you get all of your abilities and you're just zipping around the map with your triple dash yeah. and your shine sparks, you feel and, great. And your your space jump and your screw attack. It just feels so good. Yeah, I'm jumping. I off agree with that. Shit. Yeah, the movement. However, in that game is clean. I do. I do want to point out that. 95% of that game's movement is amazing, except for when Running you underwater. are... No. Except for when better. you are fighting the Emmys, and you have to do... You have to use the special Omega Oh, cannon. yeah, they... It, it's hard. That, that part, I absolutely hated. Yeah. I think the Emmys... All, everything about the Emmys were designed to be hated, though. So in That's that fair, regard, but they did a good I job. think with the rest of it, like, countering it and getting a sick counter uh, is earned and feels awesome but specifically like the rooted in place the camera turns three quarters of the way and you have to like weirdly aim your beam in a specific location but it's Mm -hmm. way too fidgety and doesn't respond to you that part i did not like i agree but everything else about that game the movement is it just feels so satisfying for sure uh all right does anyone else have we need one more does anyone have something in mind uh i thought cyber shadow was pretty great I thought okay. the movement felt precise. Uh, it's it's which it should in a platform, an action platformer like that. Yeah. Um, but if you guys have any other ideas, then I would be willing to debate. The last one I was thinking of was Ratchet and Clank. That was the other one that I had. I, I thought moving around that world was fun, and I thought the the feel of all the different guns was very satisfying. Um, yeah. Swapping between two or three guns that you really really liked and just blowing shit up in that game felt very good. Um, obviously I don't, can't have a say in Cyber Shadow because I did not play that game. Yeah. Um, I, I'm yeah. fine with Ratchet and Clank as well. That was like right under Cyber Shadow for me. So Okay. Yeah. Is there any other game that anyone wants to talk about for best game feel? I feel like the ones we listed were so good and then that everything else is just like can't quite compare to the level yeah. that those ones did. All right. So then our nominations for best game feel are Halo Infinite, Deathloop, Returnal, Metroid Dread, Ratchet, and Clank Rift Apart. Whew. Okay. Best game direction. The game 
that best delivers on its creative vision. This is where it's going to get a little crazy. I have two that I think need to be on the list. Need to? Okay, what do we got? One is Inscription. Yes, I agree. The second is It Takes Two. Oh, I think you're not wrong. Because it is, like, by far the best co-op experience I've ever had. Yeah. Minus Portal 2. (laughs) And it, it absolutely, like, that is clearly what it set out to do. And it absolutely achieves it, not only through its clever design, but also based on the fact that it, and this maybe doesn't necessarily fall under game direction, but the fact that they force you to play it co-op by and give you a free copy of the game to give to your friend. Mm. It's meant to be a co-op game. It succeeds at being a co-op game. And it's one of the best of them. Okay. And all of, all of the levels are super smartly designed. So I think you convinced me. Uh, I do have quite a few things written down for this. So okay. definitely put it there in italics for now. Does sure. anyone else have... Um, I guess Tikan and Adam can't know, but Derek, your thoughts on Inscription being on this list? Yeah, I think Inscription definitely. Okay. Um, uh, I originally wrote down Metroid, but the more that I think about it, it's a Metroidvania. It does it really yeah. well. I do not have Metroid on is my it's list. Is its game direction, is it doing anything new and interesting that other Metroids and other Metroidvanias haven't done? Not really. Yeah, so I, I would I, even go as far as to say that it ap- actively reverts the Metroidvania formula by uh, how, by making you move through the the map in such a specific it's, order. It's yeah, it's like hidden linearness to it. Yeah, I yeah, that was like the one thing that I wasn't a fan of in that game, and it's like how secretly it's pretty linear. Um. Okay, so no Metroid. Unless anyone does, anyone want to fight for Metroid? Mm, not particularly. Okay, okay. Derek, what, what what's something you would like to see on this list? Returnal. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't think Returnal does anything interesting. I think it's just another roguelike time loop game. Uh, I I think it does. Uh, if with its game design it's enemy design it's boss battle design it's level design that's like that's all game direction like that that is all it's creative vision. part of the part of the game's creative vision like yeah the the, the, the 2x structure works really well with yeah. itself too all the enemies are built in specific ways and the weapons are built in you know like everything that's all part of like the game direction right like their creative vision was to create this like bullet hell 3d bullet hell roguelike with interesting enemies to battle and uh like unforgettable boss fights i think they definitely like had yeah like the best game like one of the best game directions art visually yeah audially mechanically gamely (laughs) (laughs) um i I could see it. I want to talk about other stuff before we commit to it. Yeah, 100%. Um, how do we feel about Loop Hero's game direction? It is so incredibly unique, and yeah. what it's doing is so successful and interesting and hooked me yeah. in so hard. Yeah, that was the next one I was going to bring up, Jeff. Yeah, 
I, I, it's so cool and it's there's nothing like it yeah i think it takes the to it works so well because it in its conception is a, like almost a meta narrative on time loop video games and in itself and like like existence entirely and like yeah it's it's I can't even begin to like comprehend the amount of concepts that are just like spoon fed to you as you go through the game and like the, and the way that it all works within the constructs of its you know single path loop mechanics like, like it's, being an idle clicker that you actively need to interact with though it's so <laughs> interesting but it turns it into an active time battle RPG it's that very, runs on it's, its own yeah yeah it's it's so cool yeah it's definitely the most I agree. unique game I think this year. Loop Hero de- deserves to be up there. Yeah. Okay. Um. Uh, I like Death Loop. I like Death Loop too. I think Death Loop has a cool spin on the time loop genre where it is level based, and you have unlimited time in that level, and there are different. Uh, time periods throughout the day in which you can visit that level and things are different and then the whole idea of needing to culminate this one single loop where you can accomplish this one greater task across four time periods across four locations uh, I thought it worked super well apparently a lot of people had issues with the fact that there was just a checklist in the menus, which I didn't realize until like halfway through the game. So I was just exploring the levels mm. and doing stuff on my own, which was very fun. But then when I started to get frustrated about not knowing what to do, then I realized there was this checklist. Then it was kind of like, okay, now I know how to continue this progress that I got pretty far on, but then got stuck. Um, I thought the design of Deathloop worked pretty well, personally. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so here's, I have two more that I want to talk about too. Okay. I think what Halo Infinite did with its single player campaign was very significant. Um, doing, having open world aspects to Halo intermixed with standard Halo levels works incredibly well we already talked about the grappling hook and the way moving through that world works and the escalation of your power as the master chief in that open world of starting with simple basic weapons and uh simple vehicles and then slowly freeing all of these unsc soldiers to join you so then you have these unsc soldiers following you around and you're getting stronger and stronger power weapons and better vehicles until eventually you can fly around in a hornet and you're giving all of these marines sorry wasp and you're giving all these marines homing rocket launchers and super sentinel beams and they're shooting uh like phantoms out of the sky which like in the beginning of the game you're just getting absolutely wrecked by everything uh it turned halo into something new and fresh it's not quite the breath of the wild remix but it's almost there and i thought it was such a cool new thing for halo and the fact that this is halo infinite and they're going to keep updating and keep doing new things with it has me very excited uh because it's only going to get better and they're going to add new stuff to this engine which now works so incredibly well in the halo sandbox 
I definitely see where you're coming from. Um, and I'm I'm sure T Con agrees with me on all that. Pretty much, yep. <laughs> <laughs> see, I don't think it fully delivered on its creative vision. In what way? Like I, because of all the development trouble that this game went through, like I think it's like half. It's like half baked. Mm-hmm. Like yes, the open world sections of the game are are a lot of fun, but that's like half of the game. The other half is all these boring like walking through the same corridors into the same rooms over and over and over again, like. Yeah, but that's what Halo's always been. But not not like this. Like yeah, the there's nothing. The 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 world is just the same bases, p- copy and pasted throughout different spots in the world with just like slightly different structures. And I I just I think it like the, it's not quite there. It's it's half baked. It adds all these really interesting things, but then like when you've when you finished, I, I don't know. I, I my I was like really enjoying the game, and then like I finished the game, and I like did a lot of. I think I did almost everything you can do mm-hmm. in the open world, and then all I could think was like I have no desire to now like play around in this world because I've seen it all, and it's like not that interesting. Like once you've checked off the list, it's just like okay, I guess that's it. Like to be fair, though, I don't I, know. I I wouldn't go back and explore Deathloop's world once I checked off the entire list. Once I do the final loop of Deathloop, but I'm not going that, back to any of those levels. Deathloop's not an open world game. Sure. When I when I think of like the the stuff that like people do with like Breath of the Wild and and I I mean I guess right there's people that I I guess like with like I played it on Legendary all the way through the first time. So I guess I, I didn't have like that, like, Oh, now I'm going to go through and play it on legendary or hmm. now I'm going to go through, play, go through and play it with all skulls on or whatever, which apparently people do. And there's a, a secret weapon you can get in the first level. That is a tank gun. And oh, they you patched just... that out. Oh, they did patch it out. Mm-hmm. Why did they do that? Because it that's was so a, dumb. It was a bug. Well, yeah, now a, I don't even want to play it. It was a scorpion turret, or like, yeah. Yeah, um, it was the tank gun. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. I, I just think, I think as they add more things, it's definitely going to fulfill this creative div- vision that they mm-hmm. have for it. I just, I think they have like a great base, but they, I don't think they fully delivered on it. I don't know, like... Okay. I yeah, see where you're I, coming from. In hindsight, after finishing the game... Like while playing it, I had thought it might be game of the year, and after finishing it, uh, I would say it doesn't even make my list, like top wow. five. Wow. Even including multiplayer, though. Yeah. Wow. Fuck me. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll get there. We're not quite there yet. Yeah. Uh, I. This is maybe a little unrelated to the current debacle, but I think I have I feel as we have discussed many of these categories that it might be fitting for us to add a new category for best level design because we bring it up a lot. Yeah. And that seemed to be Derek's main complaint about Halo's campaign was the level design. Mm. In certain sections, yeah. Okay. And then it could also allow us to give shout-outs to games that we maybe haven't have brought up as often, like Psychonauts. 
Yeah, because Psychonauts had cool levels. Ratchet and Clank. Stuff like that. Um, I guess my argument would be, for me, those linear traditional Halo levels do not diminish how new and exciting the the open world stuff is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, See, I, I guess thinking of the game as a whole, that that's what diminishes it for me is there is all this cool new stuff that you've like built and that's really interesting, but I am just walking through the same corridor in the same room for the I, last two hours of four hours of the game, and it's, it's like, why did you take me away from that? I that's do, what was fun about this. That's it's what's, what's like cool. a solid five to one ratio of being in the open world to being in those linear levels that I personally don't mind that much. I feel like it breaks <clears> up <throat> the open world stuff. But so if you just played the missions straight through, mm-hmm. you probably wouldn't spend that much time in the open, which I get right. That's the point of the open yeah. world, right? Is like you're in this if area. You, yeah, now you, you can do whatever path you want. Any but... open world game, it would be done really quickly. But, but I, to that level, I've never beaten Skyrim. <laughs> Half of the game wouldn't be uninteresting, the same like same corridors over and over again. I guess my point is I don't think that stuff is uninteresting. I, I think, think that's classic to... Halo, which I've always loved. That's I... the thing is, I just played all the Halos and even the linear games where you're like going through the, the art, like the visually, it's still different. Like, yeah, uh, you literally in Halo play the th- three. Four levels are basically two level like reversed or but they do enough to like make those new areas new and interesting like uh except maybe uh two betrayals that is just assault on the control room reversed there's nothing new about it or interesting (laughs) about it uh but that's what it, it like i don't know it just felt like a very weak point and uh that like i guess right it's like an extremely weak point and a very good game so it stands out a lot more yeah i guess yeah i, I, I just I don't think, think it's as weak as you do i think we have to take this back to the definition of our category which is the game that best delivers on its creative vision so the question is what is the creative vision of halo infinite it the grappling hook <laughs> those are two very different <laughs> answers um I want to talk about another game for a bit. I want okay. I, I want to talk about Resident Evil 8. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. Because uh, I am going to pee while you do this. Okay. Because <laughs> I think that Resident Evil 8 does juggles so many plates and manages to do it so well and keeps me interested from from like act to act to act and doing a new crazy thing while scaling my power while but also scaling the enemies and just making it a fun non-stop adventure and it's such a cohesive 8 to 12 hour game and i think there are no flaws in that game <laughs> I, th- I think it, i'll agree it does do what it wants to do very well it knows what it was going for yeah uh, do you have any thoughts about resident evil 8 derek and i think yeah. played it too I really, I really like it. I think it accomplishes what it's trying to do very, very well. Cool. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, my Resident Evil experience is minimal, mm-hmm. but I got, I got really hooked into that game. Everything about, like, it just felt really good, uh, except for the whole Dollhouse and Babies. I did not like that at all. <laughs> no, the um, baby was the worst part. 
But overall, I really, really enjoyed that game quite a bit. Hmm. I agree. So it sounds like I'm like I'm not gonna win you over with Halo. I think Andrew's pretty indifferent on Halo. I don't know if Tcon wants to put up a fight for it, and Adam obviously hasn't played it, so I don't think he'll put up any sort of a fight for Halo being on this list. What are your thoughts, Tcon? Just out of curiosity. Well, I mean, I feel like we know my thoughts. <laughs> I fucking love this game. <laughs> yeah. Can you be a little um, unbiased for a minute and and talk about your thoughts? Well, on it so it's directions? tough because like. I haven't finished the campaign yet, so like I don't fully know what to feel about the campaign. But I love, I do love the direction that they have brought it. Yeah. Um, it was definitely, I think, a needed, especially after Halo Five um, change, um, and with this being infinite and what seemed like they were just gonna keep updating and adding to it and whatnot and i don't know if that means they're just gonna like add more to the story in this game or what um but i i really think this is the direction that halo needed to go in yeah i agree which is why i think it should be nominated for best game direction (laughs) well well right while i think it's the right choice i don't think it's the best or in the top five of this year i'm that's my i'm willing to drop halo if we put resident evil 8 in over returnal i think that's Out fair of the five of these games i would put one of those above <laughs> death loop personally i think death loop does way more interesting things with the time loop idea than returnal does than Returnal does with its roguelike structure. Yes, because they're both time loop games, but what Deathloop is is, do- is doing is more interesting and unique than what Returnal is. Yeah, I I would I would put I would agree with putting RE eight over Returnal just because we all more agree that Resident Evil. And I'm, I'm willing it, like, to drop bad. Halo for this, which I feel very yeah. strongly that Halo should be here. I think that Resident Evil 8 is so incohesive that I don't think I necessarily agree with it being game direction. Oh, uh, well, you, you missed me explain why it's a perfect experience. <laughs> oh, really? I'm yeah. sure I did. Uh, and I think, I know Derek's with me on that one. I think Tcon feels good pretty strongly yeah. that it's good and adam i know really liked it i mean i don't think that i see i don't think that that's not what i'm arguing i'm not saying that it's a bad experience i'm saying that as far as game direction goes it's mm-hmm. not it doesn't like mesh together you know like it is it's trying to be so many different things each area distinct from one another and i think that i wish it were like a little more streamlined See, I think it does each thing the exact perfect amount before I would start to be bored with it. And it moves on to the next thing at just the right time, every time. I I think that is true for the first two areas of the game, but in but the third and fourth areas of the game I was sick of almost immediately. Mm. Hmm. 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, you want I? It takes two was not on my radar for this whatsoever. Uh, mm-hmm. Your description of why it should be here makes total sense to me, and I would be fine with it being on this list. But at the same time, I would also be willing to put to leave Returnal here and put Resident Evil Eight over It Takes Two. I think res. I'm dro- I'm willing to drop Halo. Resident Evil Eight needs to be on this list, and I think it needs to come over It Takes Two or Returnal. So we're for sure keeping Inscription and Loop Hero. I think those are both the most interesting games on this list, game direction wise. Sure. Yeah. Personally. So I don't know. So it seems like you're the one who needs to to murder one of your two children, Andrew. Okay, well, let's put it to a vote then. We're a panel of five people. We are. I'm not a huge fan of voting, but I feel if you're not willing to give up one of these two... I mean, we... I feel like we're at an impasse in with with all four of these games. So, so five, here's the thing. I think, does anyone else have a, dis, a disagreement with me on RE8 being in and one of those two being out? Or is everyone else besides Andrew on Well, that's what that? I'm saying. If I'm getting on... If I'm getting outvoted for that then yeah, yeah I, so then we're leaving the choice up to you because you're for what game to get rid of yeah well and that's what i'm saying is why don't we leave it to the collective because i don't care which one we get rid of Same, I, didn't, I didn't play either one of them out of the out of returnal and it takes two i would get rid of returnal okay there we go we've done it yep done but i would get rid of death loop before both of them I would leave Deathloop because I think Deathloop's more interesting in what it's doing than Returnal. And I think they're doing, they're both doing, they're under the the time loop umbrella. And I could easily see Returnal just falling under like, it's a time loop roguelike bullet hell game. Whereas Deathloop's harder to explain and more interesting in what it's doing. Uh, I would actually disagree. And I think I would also get rid of Deathloop. What just happened? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know, man. I, I like I really like Deathloop a lot more than I liked. I would actually, you know but, what I get rid of? I don't think, I think Loop Hero. Derek, get nope. out of here. No, we're not getting rid of Loop Hero. Absolutely no way. That's why I think we should vote on it. Should we yeah, get rid of odd number? So majority rules. So we're voting which game we're getting rid of for uh, yeah. Resident Evil Eight. Yep. Okay. That good Let's to me. do it. Who goes first? Tikan, who hasn't played either of them, you go first. Uh. Well, we're including Deathloop, right? We're including uh, all five games. All five games? Yeah. No, I think Inscription yeah. stays, Loop Hero Loop stays. stays. The all problem right. is, if Wait, we do okay. more than two games, then this isn't going to go very well. It needs to be between two games. Why? Because then okay. the, splits, the, vits will, the votes will be too split. No, it, 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 real two, quick, it could be two, real two quick, one. Show of hands to keep Loop Hero. Definitely keep Loop Hero. Uh, put my hand up. Yeah. That's at least that's at least three. Right. Okay, so okay. Loop Hero stays. Inscription absolutely stays. Yes, I think Death Loop needs to absolutely stay. All right, I agree. Vote. Okay, that's three for Death that, Loop absolutely. So stay. okay, so votes for Death Loop to stay is is yes. Jeff Adam and Tikon. All yeah. right, that's yeah. three people. Okay, there you go. So then it has now to be between, between Returnal it takes and, two and Returnal. Takes two. I don't if care. Okay, then if it's only between it takes two and Returnal, I vote to axe Returnal. I would vote to axe. It takes two. <laughs> all right, vote to. Sh- okay, all five of us vote as to someone, keep. As someone Eternal. who played both games, 
I think it takes two has better game direction. I think it delivers better on its creative yes. vision. And I think Returnal, we will see, we have seen stuff like Returnal and we will see stuff like Returnal where I think something like it takes two is way more special. And the other three games on here are also more special than Returnal. Okay. All five of us vote to keep it takes two. Yes. Yes. All, All right. right. We did it. Oh, Delete it. That was, that, that was the the most debated one yet. Oh, yeah. And we're not even think, on game of the year yet. Oh, I good think God. that's how I imagined this entire thing going last year. Yeah. Last year was decently civil. Um, all right. So our nominees for best game direction are Inscription, It Takes Two, Loop Hero, Deathloop, and Resident Evil 8. Which leaves us with game of the year. Yeah. Here we go. The game that consistently offers the best experience across all aspects of a game's design. Of game design. So I think the way we should do this is we should each say one thing that we think needs to be on this list and then argue from there. <laughs> I don't know, because I feel like there's more than five games that are potentially worthy. Well, if someone else says one of your games, you can move on to your next game. There are definitely more than five. I I know I'm going to have probably multiple games that I think might supersede. I don't know. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. Let's, let's just start talking. All right. Tikon, do you want to start with Halo? <laughs> Tikon yeah. thinks Halo Infinite should be on this list. I agree I... with Tikon. Apparently, do Derek not. doesn't, which I don't agree me. anymore. I also disagree. You yeah. guys, the multiplayer. Yes, the campaign. The campaign is incredible and cool. The multiplayer. Is good. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's the, it's the best Halo's yeah. ever been. Uh, it's awesome. It is the best Halo has and ever it's been. Easily I, one of, if not the best, first-person shooter multiplayers. I would disagree. I think it is great multiplayer. Yes, but I don't think it does anything like outside of the grappling hook, outstandingly new, that would put it above any other gaming experience i've had this year it doesn't have to be new because it is so perfectly refined that it is the bet like one of the best games of the year yes i don't think i agree with that italicize it for now i this is this is how it's near perfect form <laughs> sure but Okay. We're just getting started. Okay. Well, well, okay. Well, let's get. Okay. That's okay. Let's get two easy ones out of the way first Mm -hmm. Metroid Dread and Inscription. Inscription, a hard yes. Derek, do you feel feel a hard yes about Inscription? Okay. Yep. Here's the thing I think Metroid Dread is very, very good. I think by the end of this discussion, it could be a bartering chip and could get cut. Okay. We'll see. I think there are other things people are going to feel more passionate about. Yeah. And Why are... don't we just start rolling down the list? How do we feel about Deathloop? That, I feel like... So, Deathloop and uh, Metro Dread are my four and five. And those are two games where they're personally in my top five. But I could see them not making this list to make room for other things that people are more passionate about. 
I think Deathloop could be on there. It was one of my. It's one of the games I had the most think, fun playing. I think Deathloop for sure. Yeah, Deathloop for sure. Okay, I think Resident Evil Eight for sure. Yeah. Ooh, I'm okay with that one. Yeah. Oh boy. Do you not? Yeah, you, how do you feel? No, I, I do. I okay. do. But now we're getting oh, down to the last. We're almost that's four to one. Yeah, I, Andrew. I know you would. This probably isn't even in your top ten. Maybe not in your top fifteen. Let me let me tell you where it's at on my list. But I, outside of that, I would. You know, I'm going to make a strong case for Returnal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Which, one of my I favorite experiences of the year. Strong yeah. case for Returnal. I and Returnal is one that I'm willing to let you guys have. Okay. Let's see. Resident right. Evil Resident Evil Village so including here... including uh Binding of Isaac Repentance and Final Fantasy 7 Remake Intergrade is number 22 on my list. Wow. Out of how many? 20 uh t- 34. <laughs> That's not Damn. too bad. 34 is a lot. I got 29 games this year. And it is my number 3. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> So I'll put Returnal in italics, I guess. So, how would we feel if this list was Inscription, Deathloop, Returnal, Resident Evil 8, Halo Infinite? Yep. I am fine with putting Resident Evil on it. I am not fine with putting Halo on it. What would you... Would you put Metroid in instead? I would put Metroid over Halo. Is there any other game that people think needs to be in the top five? Or is it I don't know about uh, needs to, but over Halo. You yes. will never, ever in a million years convince me to put Forza in this list. It is the <laughs> highest, one of the highest rated games of the year. Cool. I'm critically. not either. Yeah, I don't want that. That's not going to happen. I'm not, sorry, I don't want Forza. And it's very I, good. No. And you guys are crazy. That's great. It's I had fun it playing very good, but uh, not over Halo. So... Is there nothing else anyone? So it's between these six games. I. Which one are we cutting? Well, the hard thing for me is some of my top choices nobody else has played. So what? What do you got? I would put. I would put Death's Door very high. Yeah. I'm not far enough into anything yet. Unfortunately, you're not going to get it. Uh, People feel fairly strongly about these six games, so it's got to be something you are willing to lose, like Returnal for potentially. I okay, well that's not gonna happen. So. Yeah, that's my point. I, I, so here, my, okay, so the only ones that I would make really strong cases for on my list are Death Door mm-hmm. and Loop Hero. Loop Hero is my number six, and I love it, and I think it's so cool and so unique, and I'm so happy it got nominated for Game Direction. But like I said, th- every these other six games that we're talking about, I don't think Loop Hero. Beats. It. I think the collective Loop Hero shouldn't beat any of those six games. The collective of the Game Sharks' opinion, right? You know? Sure. Yeah. Here, and I, I don't know. I, I would mean, put Infinite over Metroid. Really? I would too. I was going to say if we we're going to do Resident Evil, then we should also do. I would do Metroid after that, instead of Halo. Yeah. I think metroid dread is really cool i think metroid dread plays really well i think both ori and the will of the wisps and hollow knight are way better games and the bar for metroid games metroidvania games has gotten much higher than metroid achieved 
I think it's great. I think it's way too linear. I think it's trying to hide the fact that it's linear. I think it has some of the best boss fights in all the video games. But I think collectively, this other group of five games, we as a group feel more strongly about. Halo might not win. Returnal might not be our game of the year. However, I think that it's important that they're at least in our top five for how strongly some of them. Like, Andrew and Derek feel super strongly about Returnal. Tikan and I feel super strongly about Halo. And I think we all feel pretty decently strong about Metroid. And I think it's more important to have that game that Tikan and I feel very strongly about on this list in the top five. Yep. That's my argument. This is my TED talk. Yeah, you guys get Returnal, we get Halo. I would also drop Deathloop. Really? Insta- yep, yep. I would drop Deathloop. I, I for think for Halo I mean, and Resident Evil. Personally, I wouldn't have Returnal on this list, but I know how cool it is, how much you guys love it, and I recognize it's really, really cool. But I'm not going to take that away from you because I know how strong you guys feel about it. Sure. Yeah, I have a feeling that. Once I play it, I will like it, so I'm also okay with it. But I think Halo and Resident Evil should be on there. So what? What are what are some? Thoughts? I well, I think Deathloop definitely has to stay. Okay. No matter what the other three end up being. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that your argument is a little bit missing the point where it's not just the amount that we care about it. It's also what we feel about the opposing game. Cause I, cause correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys are like recognizing, you know, returnal strengths. Yes. Uh, like, or like, I, I, I'm not trying to say, yeah, I think I know, a decent I know game, nothing about it. I just have a feeling I, just, I like first person shooters. Yeah, I, like I, guess, space, but I have a feeling I would like it. I guess that's, that's my question for you is, are you saying that Returnal is a good game that you personally didn't like? Or are you saying that you don't think Returnal is that good? Do you want me to tell you, remind you of my flaws that I had with Returnal? Sure. Okay. Let me, let me find it. Uh, I think that the runs are way too long for you to be dealing with the trial and error that the game wants you to go through. Like learning what guns do, learning what enemies do, learning that apparently you can't swim. Being 40 minutes into a run to learn for the first time that your character can't swim and dies immediately is bullshit. And I thought that was not very good. I think there are way too many empty rooms in that game where you're not doing anything and it slows the run da- runs down quite a bit. I think those were some very strong flaws, which is part of why I didn't want to go back to it. That's valid. Um, yeah. So that's... I. Yeah, so... With what you're kind of leading up to, I would take Returnal off this list. Sure. But I know you and Derek feel... Don't feel that same way about it, and you really want Returnal on this list. Correct. Yes. Andrew, what's your flaws with Halo Infinite? Well, why don't I you think Halo Infinite should be I on this? I can't list? speak. The, it, that's really hard for me because I haven't played the campaign. Okay. So I, I trust I trust you and Tcon about it, but I also trust Derek an equal amount about it. So I am neutral on the campaign. 
Mm-hmm. And, but as for the multiplayer, it's very fun, yes. And But I have had equally fun experiences playing like regular shooter games like Call of Duty and other multiplayer games from this year. So I don't feel that the multiplayer alone does anything for me to push it above things like Metroid or even Resident Evil. I think it is special to have since the world has become about battle royales and it's just been like call of duty shitting out the same game every year with a different skin to have an arena shooter a halo game that is this tight and special for its multiplayer and well thought out and everything just works and everything is balanced i think it's very it's you're not appreciating how important and good this Halo multiplayer is. I absolutely appreciate it. I just think there are f- at least five better video games that came out this year. False. <laughs> Tikon thinks there are no better video games that came out this year. <laughs> I know. And he's made that clear. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I would, I would be incredibly upset if halo was not on this list because i think it is a very special video game that what it was halo if this game wasn't the game that it is halo as a franchise would be dead we would never see another halo game if this game failed but it is yeah if they had another halo 5 it would have that would have been it yeah it would have been the end of the franchise but this game is so successful and so strong in both campaign and multiplayer that it's going to succeed. Even just like the little details that they like sneak in there from like all the old Halos, red versus blue and whatnot. Like it's so so fucking good. Yeah. I don't know if we want to, take a non-binding vote on which game we would get rid of just just a, a loose yeah out of the six thing. so i will say so like i'm getting outvoted obviously on resident evil right the four of you wanted here yeah resident evil needs to be on this list yeah, i think yeah. all four of us agree that it, resident evil needs to be here derek even without is, derek it's still three so, to two is he not paying attention to us anymore i don't know what was the vote i said you definitely all four of you want resident evil on the list yes yes okay yeah so then it becomes between returnal death loop and metroid because we all agree inscription needs to be here and four out of five of us agree that resident evil needs to be here uh and halo one of those four isn't gonna make it and I'm just curious to see where everyone's mind is at. My my vote is Metroid is dropped. Okay, Adam. Dropped. For, yeah. And then put Halo on? Yeah. I think I could live with Metroid being the one to go. Because I, I kind of agree with Jeff. It, it was a great game. But like in the grand scheme of Metroidvanias, it's, you know, it didn't do anything crazy new. Yeah. Okay. It, it doesn't stand. like It's still not as good as Super Metroid. It's not as good as Symphony of the Night. Like, should we take a a solid A or like solid A minus of a Metroid, maybe even a B plus 
of a Metroid game and put it in the top five games of this year just because it's I feel like a lot of people are like blindly putting it in their game of the year list because it's Metroid and not really thinking about while it has some incredible highs and it's a super fucking fun video game it's definitely not perfect I mean it's not top tier Metroidvania I mean I'll be honest with you Jeff Metroid is in is my number 10 game of the year Metroid Dread yeah, yeah, I think it's my so, fi- like five. I definitely agree with your criticisms, but it's like, okay, it's, if it's between that or Halo, that's the one I would go with. I don't want it. Yes, I don't want it to be to seem like I am like Metroid Dread is needs to be. It's oh, like, okay. If I have the then, choice between these two, then it sounds like we should get rid of Metroid. Yeah, I think that. Be... I am. Yeah, I, I think I'm fine with with putting Halo over Metroid in this case. Okay. Yeah. Cool. We've done it. It's just that cool. the rest of my top ten are. I will. I'll, I'll tell you the Forgotten City, Death's Door, Loop Hero, Ender Lilies. Yeah, like nobody else has played those games. If I had played Death's Door, you might have been able to convince me. Um, Ender Lilies. I think that yeah. game is visually so unappealing that it. I couldn't see it getting on here. It's uh, very. I think the. I think it has a very cohesive package once you play it. Gotcha. And Forgotten City, you would never convince me <laughs> unless you I, all, I know. all of you, unless we have like a Resident Evil situation where all four of you, right? Like, Fuck you, Re- uh, Forgotten City is the greatest City, game of the year. So, I would back yeah. off, but um, yeah, Forgotten City is in my top five. Okay, so then I think we've done it. Our nominees yeah. for wow, this is crazy. Our nominees for game of the year are Inscription, Deathloop, Returnal. Resident Evil Village and Halo Infinite. Whew. Wow. That was like th- almost three and a half hours. <sighs> took took a hot second, huh? We, we did it. I'm pretty happy. I don't... I, yeah, I can live with it. Yeah, I don't think... I, Fantasia yeah, got no. nominated for, for uh, <laughs> Best Art Direction, so this whole year is a win. Strict Thank technicality because I downloaded it. Thank you, Adam. I think I see on the rules down here. At least one member of the Game Shark podcast must have played it, or if Jeff can't play it, well, there you go. So you know, that's what we're gonna says. we're gonna rules lawyer on that one, but we'll, we'll talk about that off script. Fuck out of here. <laughs> um, okay, <laughs> that brings us to the end of this episode of the Game Shark podcast. What we're gonna do is we're gonna take the next couple days and we're gonna really think about these nominations. And the five of us are going to make order. We're going to really think about them, T-Con. Yes. We're going to listen to the soundtracks. <laughs> We're going to look into the writing of these games. We're going to look at screenshots for graphics and art direction. We're going <laughs> to... We're going to put Halo Infinite at first for any category that we can. <laughs> um, so, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna make ordered lists and then I will make a an aggregate list and assign points and determine who the winners are of all of these categories. But and uh, I'd be ready to fight about it. No, there's no fighting about it. That's just what it is. <laughs> we all, I know, I know, I kid, I kid. We all agree at that point. Cool. Well, I guess with that, we are Finn. See you next year. That was a long.